The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 111 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got the full Gold Card crew. We've got John George at the Esports Plug. How are we doing, everybody? Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. And Chris Chung at Prime LOL. I had some time to reflect on last week's review, and I think I've become more of an independent feeler, so I'll feel for my picks from now on. We'll go with that. Oh, man. We got actually a lot of uh, feedback on last week's episode, which was quite entertaining um, and productive, I'll say. So, we got 4th of July this weekend, but that is not stopping the League of Legends esports slate. And, I, you know, we'll touch on it in a little bit. But um, we got a day off in the LPL tomorrow on Thursday. We're recording this Wednesday night. So, the LPL is off on Thursday, but starts right back up again on Friday. China, the LPL observes Canada Day, which is what, that's the narrative I'm going to go with uh, for this year. That's why they're taking tomorrow off. Um, they must have huge Canadian viewership or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, so, we'll have a full weekend slate, as usual, uh, in terms of the show, but just want to touch on that for those that are watching live. I hope you know this is the internet, Vince, and if we don't get at least one comment from someone going, they don't celebrate Canada Day in China. Vince doesn't even know what he's talking about. If we don't get one of those comments, then I don't know. The internet's not itself. This is true. Yeah, you know, I actually am going to be upset if we don't get that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, nothing. Right, so we had like one big news topic. It's not. It's a big news topic for the scene. It's not as big like in terms of how it impacts things right now, but. Uh, Schalke is going to be selling their LEC spot to BDS, which is a Swiss esports organization. Um, it seems Schalke released a statement on this. It was I think they sold the spot for like 21 million euro, is I think what it was. But uh, they they released a pretty long statement talking about how everybody involved, the LEC and them and the staff of them and BDS and all these other you know people that were suitors. I guess they were they were courting. Um, everyone was really professional about it, which is weird. It was weird to hear that in this field, right? Like, they went out of their way to say that, which you almost never see, which I liked. But uh, it, they also touched on the fact that this was, like, the first real case of a traditional sport organization stepping into esports uh, like and using their actual name, right? Because uh, I think they, they beat all the, uh, the, L- uh, the LCS orgs to this, right? Like all the basketball organizations, I'm pretty sure Shaka beat them. Well, no, the none of the NA ones use their name anyway. Yeah, well, I guess Golden Guardians are the closest one, but um, like I, I think even no, even in terms of not using the name directly, like I think they were they actually beat all the LCS teams to it, right? I'm pretty sure they did. Shaka's been around. It's for probably a while. true. I'd have to look it up, but it's probably so, true. Uh, I I respect it, but um, they cited as we've talked about before. This isn't new information. They were trying to sell the spot last season. They were having financial troubles. Um, the, the football club got relegated from the Bundesliga, and um, for those that don't know, that's like like Schalke's a big deal. Like they're a huge, you know, they have a huge. They're like the they're like the Cowboys for Germany, right? 
so they got relegated, and that was a big hit to their 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 finances in terms of like TV deals and you know stadium seating and all that. And COVID didn't help, so it was kind of the culmination of a lot of different factors. Um, in the announcement, they said they didn't really have uh, they had nothing bad to say about the esports organization. It was just it was just a financial decision, and that's all it was. So. Um, typically when these things happen, the contracts get voided. So it's going to be interesting to see if, you know, we get any kind of motivational angle or anything like that for these players playing for a new deal, or if the BDS is just going to pick them up, you know, and for those that don't know, this will end, this ends effective at the end of the summer. So, um, they will play out the summer split as is, as Schalke, uh, nothing really changing. It'll just be, you know, this looming thing behind the scenes. So, uh, any thoughts on this big picture? Yeah, I mean, we've had this happen before. Nothing nothing super exciting. I mean, that happened with Clutch Gaming when they were about to go to Worlds. <laughs> happened. It's happened to a bunch of different teams. I am interested if we might eventually end up in a place where when this happens, it doesn't shake the entire org. Like, in this case, there's a pretty decent chance that all the players and the entire coaching staff will be gone, and they'll be replaced with an entire new team and coaching staff. Whereas if this happened, like, in basketball – it would just be one owner selling the team to another owner, but it wouldn't like completely destroy the entire like team and coaching staff and mm-hmm. franchise. Like for the most part, I mean, he'd probably bring in a couple of guys he really liked at certain positions, but like the team would probably stay the same for the most part. The majority of the org would stay the same. I'm interested to see if we'll get to that point at some point. I think I prefer that to this just because I'm sure some of these guys in the Schalke organization are sweating bullets right now, trying to prove to, to the new org that they're valuable in some way or another. Um, I, the interesting thing. I guess we'll talk about this when we get we get to the LEC section of the show uh, this week. But uh, Schalke, considering they lost by like their best player, that's not an easy thing to go through, right? And I I think they've they've been doing okay. Like I, I they've been doing about what I expected them to do, which isn't great. But like they've had some games where they look great. I mean, Broken Blade is playing out of his mind this season. Really, this entire year. And if you want to, I guess if you go back to last year, he was kind of good on. He was pretty good on TSM too, but he's been really good in twenty twenty one. Like, yeah, they'd be crazy if they don't keep him around. Yeah, uh, he is he the best top laner in Europe? One of them, right? Yeah, this season so far, he's among them. Yeah, so um, hopefully, I mean, he'll he'll get a job somewhere. He's maturing. He's hitting his prime years and everything. So I think that'll be that'll be good. But. Um, any other news? Yeah. Go ahead, Josh. No, I just I just wanted to clear the air. I know there's a lot of questions. We've just been getting bombarded on Twitter. Yes, the esports department did put our bid in. No, they didn't accept it. They said that you know we were offering too much money. It was weird. I don't know. Really, the, John kind of handled more of the business side. I just kind of talked to him a couple times on the phone, and they're like, "Really? Why are you offering us twelve hundred million dollars for this?" And we're like, "I mean, all we're doing is parlaying our." our picks that we give our listeners every week on the yeah. gold card podcast when we bet, you know, $1 million per unit, you know, every, yeah. every play. They thought it was a scam, Josh. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Yeah. I offered so much money that they thought that it must be a joke. Yeah, and by the time they got back to me and I clarified that the amount was a real amount, they had already made a decision. Um, really unfortunate for these yeah, sports. Really, really, really BDS just like jumped right in underneath us. That was, it was, kind they're of lucky. Weird. They're so poor that, yeah. that their <laughs> offer was considered realistic. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunate for us. We'd have the we'd have the clipboard on some football uniforms, huh? That's what... <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll we'll see how this turns out, but you know, I'm sure some of these guys will be sticking around. I think the coaching staff does a pretty good job there with that team overall. So 
This yeah, is what, a, Falco, like a, right? Yeah. Is, is it Dylan Falco? I mean, he's been a big name in the scene for a while he's, now. Was, he's also was, coached a lot of bad teams into being pretty good teams. So. Yeah. Yeah, they had definitely some some good pieces in the org that will be interesting to see where they land. Even a guy like Gilius, who I assume is still associated yeah. with the roster. So be interesting to see the follow-up. Don't they always seem to peak at exactly when they need to? I know it's like cliche <laughs> as hell, but like they, they, they do have a bit of a clutch angle to them, and I think the coaching staff kind of plays into that too. So, uh, is, Amy, uh, Go ahead, John. It's not really news, this next part. We don't have any other news, and this part isn't really news, but it's just something I wanted to say. Which was the given the Dardock news, which obviously you can tell from my background. Given the Dardock news, I decided to go back and watch Breaking Point, which I had never actually watched before, <laughs> and a lot of people have talked about, but I'd never actually seen. So I decided to go back and watch it to see what was up because I wanted to get a feel. You know, we were speculating on what it might have been like in the backstage to cause Dardock to get fired from Dignitas. I was like, well, yeah. you know, what got him fired from Team Liquid? So I said, go back and watch this. You Breaking had never Point. watched it. I've never watched it before, and I do recommend people go back and watch it. I think it's a good, especially because it's even funnier I hadn't watched it because I'm friends with Loco Doco, and he's like yeah. central character in the in the entire thing. But uh, I went back and watched it, and what I came away with is that a lot of people watch this documentary and they talk about like the dynamic between Loco Doco and Dardock. But I want you to go back and I want you to watch a small character in the background named David Lim. Because they, they come out and they do these interviews with everybody and they interview Loco Doco and he's like, this is bullshit, like nobody's listening to me. And they interview Dardock and he's like, this is bullshit, everything's going wrong. And they interview everyone. And then they interview David Lim and he's like, I want a friendly environment for me and all of my friends to have fun and play <laughs> League of Legends. And it'd be good. So I want everybody to go and, and, and add David Lim as a friend on Twitter because I feel like we all need to just pat David Lim on the back. This guy, he was the hero of the documentary for me because in every scene where everyone's fighting, he's just sitting in the background like this. Yep. Yeah. Very, very like, come on, guys. Come on, mom and dad. Do we have to fight? It's fantastic. Dude, I loved. I loved David Lim in the, in the was, entire documentary. That I had really mixed feelings about that because, like, clearly there's attitude issues, right? But I also think, like, I don't know. I'm I'm one to think that people can change, right? I I tend to be a second chance kind of guy, and after after that came out. There's a reasonable case, to, like if if his antics didn't do it themselves, which probably did, that that there was that was like a smear campaign almost at the time. Like you got to understand, because like he he was like actually one of the best players in the league at the time. There was plenty of fault to be thrown around in the documentary. Yeah. Like a lot of people that I thought made mistakes. I'll say this though, I would have fired Dardock in five. Yeah, minutes. no, I I know. <laughs> well, like, here, so here's the thing though. Here's what's interesting, like, right? Mm-hmm, sorry, kid. Is you didn't hear anything publicly for a while after that. Like no teams, no teammates, him. Like nobody. He wasn't coming out. Like he. he it, it appeared as though he had cleaned his act up, right? And we don't. Obviously, we we don't know. We're not privy to what was actually happening behind the scenes. Maybe it just wasn't coming out. But it had seemed, for all intents and purposes, like he had cleaned it up and is was being professional enough to get by but people still just railed on him over and over and over and over again but you know it turns out i guess shit was happening I mean, we don't know like time centric like time specific like if it was happening like in those six months in those 12 months or if this just recently started happening again but uh, well you gotta you gotta remember what what loco said last week like he said that the point of breaking point was actually to make dardock look as good as possible yeah so and it backfired yeah, so I'm like the like the whole like it looked like a smear campaign thing. 
Okay, so it looked like it's got to be bad when if they were when trying, they're trying to, pump to make them up. it look good, right? Yeah, yeah, so it's like, what does that actually? That's mean? true, I guess. That's true. Um, yeah, interesting. Um, I don't want to say career trajectory, but like, it's going to be interesting to see how things proceed from here with him. Like, some team is going to give him a chance again because he can play, and like that. There is always going to be somebody. It's just like. Like character issue players in 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 traditional sports, right? Can Someone's he really play always well enough. I think so. I think he's one now, of the best junglers in the league. I think you could take any academy jungler, and they'd be probably about as good as Dardock. I don't think Dardock's very good at all in twenty twenty one. I don't think he's one of the best. I, I, all right, I don't think he's top three. I would put him. Let me take a look real quick. I think he's yeah, like I, in the middle I, of the pack for LCS junglers, which most academy yeah. junglers could replace. Um, I would say last split I thought he was he was top tier, and this split I think he's regressed to more about the middle of the pack. I mean, for what it's worth, man, that team took a complete tail dive as soon as he was out. So, or really, it wasn't just that; it was also the the mid substitution too. Like once they disrupted that, that's when things took a turn. I mean, they were they were not looking particularly good, so I understand why they made a change, but. It's gonna, I don't know, it's gonna be interesting because, like, yeah, it's that risk reward question, right? Like, is this is 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 that carrying all of that extra worth it? And I could see the like, I think it's a strong case for no. I don't, I like, I get where you're coming from, John, which is like he's not good enough to warrant having to deal with that, right? Yeah, I mean, you could just find a, an academy guy, even if the academy guy was a little bit worse. I'm sure you can develop him up a little bit, and then you don't have to deal with the attitude problems. He's I, not a superstar, is what I'm saying. Say. I, I think I think NA he's going to be way better than almost anybody besides like the hundred thieves guys, and that's it. You think NA is going to develop an academy player, John? What, what yeah, world are you We're going to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But first, anything else I'm forgetting about? I think we'll just start getting ready to this slate because we've been running a little long. Friday, you guys ready to roll? Friday, Friday, Friday. We'll start in the LCK, uh, w- one that I already wrote on, so I have some insight into. Uh, we got Nongshim plus 165 against Damwon Gaming minus uh, 200. Damwon to sweeps at plus 150. So, Nongshim look better. They've been taking games off of just about everyone. They've played a lot of competitive series. Damwon are doing their weird roster with the double roll swap situation and Ghost still not playing. And they've dropped a couple, but they've also looked completely fine in others. So, these are two very difficult teams to get a read on. Uh, like, what I what I mentioned in my write-up on this match was, I actually think Nongshim maybe are winning more games than they probably should be, in terms of, like, if, if you like look at their actual performance metrics and everything, it's not very flattering. But they are getting it done, and a lot of their wins are coming off the back of just some individual pops off in every game, and that's what's working for them. And that's a thing that can work, and I think especially right now, that's something that matters. But for me personally, I think they would be more a candidate for regression. I'm not saying they're a bad team, but maybe they're not quite as good as they've shown recently. So I guess the question here, this, this is a weird game to handicap, right? Yeah, I will say I think Nongshim kind of like you said, I think they're better this this year. I think they've looked better in a yeah. bunch of ways. I think the teamwork's looked better. I think the mid lane is better. He's been great, yeah. I also think that they're one of the more overrated teams like yeah. worldwide right now, despite the fact that I think they're better this season. Hard to agree. Like I mean, I mean, if you listen to Upcomer, they're top ten yeah. in the world right now. 
but <laughs> that would, by, for the record, I, we, I, we won't go into this on here because I didn't, I didn't, I haven't like actually thought too hard about it. But I mentioned in the Discord the other day that like I didn't think it was that bad if they're basing it on current performance. But Nongshim yeah, was the, but Nongshim was the except, but Nongshim was the exception to that for me. Yeah, they took they just took the teams with the best records currently. Yeah. but yeah, um, I, I think they're kind of overrated right now, despite yeah. being I think better and more solid than they were last split. I still think Damwon is pretty likely to beat them up here, even though I think Damwon's in a little bit of a lull as well. Yeah. So I think I'm probably going to find myself on Damwon here. Yeah, I I bet Damwon, and I was assuming that we're we're going to get the same lineup we've been getting. And I basically, I did all my evaluations. I, I filtered my model and everything to just have that lineup, like just the, what we've seen from that lineup. And it was still an advantage play on them. So like if we get the bonus that maybe the traditional lineup comes back or that they get better with this lineup, then I think this is all upside. Like Nongshim, you can't rely on individual outplays against Dam1. The, their players are just too good. You have to you have to beat them at, at with, with good sequencing and good early games. And you just have to get ahead of them. And even then, like teams have a really hard time closing out against them. So, uh, I think with this iteration of Damwon, that's the way to beat them. Is you just need to get ahead with set plays earlier. And I, I don't know if I, I trust Nongshim to do that. They've kind of just been relying on individuals. So, what do you think, Josh? Yeah, I actually think I don't know, man. This this Damwon roster just sketches me out, and here's the biggest reason why: they dropped a game to Hanwa, who I think is just drawing totally dead right now. Yep. Um, and that was a little bit concerning for me because um, it wasn't particularly close. It was a bit of a blowout in, in Hanwha's favor. Yeah. Um, and I actually thought they were in a, like they were potentially going to lose that series, but then Hanwha kind of did Hanwha things in the draft. I was going to say, that, I didn't think that series was close after that first game. It, like, oh, no, it absolutely was. Game two and three were absolute yeah. blowouts in Damwon's favor, but that was scary to me to see them come out and do that to a team in Hanwha who I – I mean, I don't know if there, if it would cause any flag if I said Hanwha's worse than Nongshim right now. No. Um, no. Yeah. So to me, that's 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 my concern, right? Is is you know if they, if they do that, if they do that against Nongshim, I think they're in a much worse place than they are against yeah. Hanwha. Um, and I think that's just the nature of this roster, right? You have guys playing out of position, and you know if you think about it from the competitor standpoint, like if if I'm uh, you know, a mid laner in the LCK. I mean, I'm not going to lose the canyon, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, every, everyone doesn't want to be the team right. to, to get exactly. embarrassed by it, right? Exactly. And so, like, I think teams are a little bit more motivated by that. And like, you know, I'm not going to get abused by Showmaker playing 80 care, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So it is a little bit scary from just like kind of the intangible side, I should say. Um, but yeah, I mean, it feels hard to go against Damwon. I think this number's pretty dang good. But I would not. I mean, I don't hate a Nongshim money line bet here. I don't. I would never bet the plus one and a half. I think that's a total sucker bet in this spot to me at minus two hundred four. Yeah. Um, I would. I would much rather bet the na- Damwon minus one and a half or or Nongshim money line. Here, to me, it's it's just tough. The interesting thing with this, like Damwon's like completely smashed Africa, who are looking like a pretty good team. Yeah, right? so it's odd. Yeah. But all right, so like the other thing with that is like Africa were the first team to have to deal with this, right? Like, they were the guinea pigs, and they were probably completely shocked 30 minutes before the game started to see that that was the starting roster. Yeah. And that can kind of put you on tilt a little bit, especially with the weird shit they ran in the first game of that series. But they still beat Afrika, and Afrika have looked pretty damn good this season. So I think it's also, like, and this just may be a personal thing, but, like, I think it's also kind of in the back of my head that, like, we saw CLG come out and 
do this new style, mm-hmm. right? And then last week they go oh three doing the same thing. Yeah. And so like to me it's like man someone's got to catch up in the like they they got to catch on to find a way to to abuse this team that's playing clearly below their I mean I I think below their optimal level. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I mean, to us, but like, I don't know. It, it's tough for me to just think that Damon's going to be able to keep this up, but I mean, that's a collection of five just phenomenal players at the end of the day. Yeah, so. that that that's the whole thing. Is it's like this is the true test, and I'll throw it to Chris next. Like, this is the true test of like, does chops just matter? Like, <laughs> like I think in this specific matchup, the way Nongshin plays, I think it's just you don't want to face Damon with this. Like, I think it's I think a different team. Could maybe punish this more, like someone that's more organized. Maybe I don't know. I don't want to say Nakashima's unorganized either, but like, I just think that, like John said, like I think they they they've caught a, they've caught a few breaks. They've had a few plays go their way, and it's that's not what you want to be doing against Dam One. Like you don't want to be relying on plays going your way against players of that caliber. Period. So, Chris, what do you what do you think in this spot? This is kind of a weird one, right? It is definitely a weird one. I think I've been hanging around with you guys for so long. I'm looking at this line like, wow, this is. Damn one bettable, and I yeah. typically don't like minus two hundred. You know me, but um, I'm. But at the, on the other hand, for the bigger picture, I almost hope that damn one slides or stumbles just enough for us to know if Ghost is going to come back or not at some point. I'm curious what their plan is. They, I don't see them going into worlds with this roster. Yeah, or that's with this iteration. that's the other weird thing here, right? Is like, at, at what point is this just like okay? We're just giving somebody a break, or this was like a punishment benching, and they just didn't announce that publicly. Or is this just a real thing? You know, <laughs> like is this? I, I like. I'll say this because burnouts are real thing, and this team has been playing more or less nonstop since they came into the league. So it's weird to me because coma teams typically like they do like substitutions and stuff, right? But they've never done anything like that. First of all, Coma never ever lets his teams just like let loose. And like they've looked like they've had a couple for fun games here, especially in that that first series, right? But like it it just it's very strange. It's a very strange situation, right? I, there there's a non-zero chance that this is just Damwon moving forward. And it'll be interesting to see if they they just get better. <laughs> at their off rolls now, and Showmaker's just an any carry, or maybe this is just some crazy super long con. And they're like, "There's no way we won't make playoffs. We might as well just like you know try some things out." And maybe, maybe like another quarter of the season goes by, and they go back to the traditional lineup, and maybe they'll just like roll swap in game or something, and they'll they'll just be the first team to really utilize true flex situations. That's what I was gonna say it's too. Wild. Jo- I think John. I don't remember if it was John or Vince, but it was before I was even on the show. Floated the idea about a year and a half ago back when G2 was doing constant role swapping between Wonder and Caps. Or, or no, who? Hurts and it? Caps. Well, yeah, Hurts and Caps, and then, and then Wonder and would, would go mid lane for stuff. And you, stuff, know, you would yeah, see yeah. that once in a while, but they were doing it more often. Well, we were saying that the game's going to evolve towards this positionless game where literally you just draft five flex picks. And I mean, maybe we're getting that. Maybe that's what. Oh, it's definitely like, to your point. Maybe that's what they're doing, right? Is they're just prepping to to be able to do some weird things like this at Worlds, right? If they say, "Hey, you know, uh, it's it's not a super eighty carry centric meta," which I think everyone on this call can probably agree yeah. it's not right now. You know, we want to just have as many good, knowledgeable melee players in the roster as possible and be able to flex around based on 
what we get in draft. I don't hate that if that's the angle. It's just tough without knowing, right? Yeah, that's, I know. That's the biggest it's thing weird. is we just have no idea. Like, it this feels- could be the most five-head thing ever, right? Like, if this is, like, the biggest long con and they get to, like, the world championships and they're literally, like, flexing a seven-person roster – or they're, they're having a six-person roster and they're role-swapping within games and it just makes it literally impossible to draft against them, this could look like a genius thing. And, like, Coma was the first person to re- – they won a world championship swapping easy and Faker. It was five years ago or whatever, but still. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in it if they wanted to do that, bring Ghost as a backup and just switch back and forth based on what kind of stuff they wanted to play. My, I tend to think that they're going to go back to a normal AD carry yeah. with Showmaker at mid at some point. I wouldn't be – if this was spring, I would have said almost for sure that they were just looking to pick up an AD carry in the offseason and they yeah. were just doing whatever they could do to get there. The only thing that changes my opinion on that is, I mean, they want to go to Worlds, clearly. Mm-hmm. And so they're not going to be – you know, messing around, waiting on a signing. Either, either they're going to bring Ghost back in the next like month and a half. I mean, this is all the options anyway. But they're either going to go bring Ghost back in the next month and a half, stick with this roster, or I think there's a small chance it's possible that they already have an eighty carry that they're talking to, and they're in the process of maybe bringing in. Or maybe they're scribbing with them. Or yeah, something or something like, like that. that. That's a possibility, but could just be the academy. Yeah, it could just be this, and it could just be like you said, like a six man with Ghost involved when when he's needed for champions that he plays. It's interesting. It's it's. One I've thing, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah, one thing that's tough, and I wish they could do honestly. I it, it would require the DFS to change. <laughs> uh, I'll get that out before, but it would be sick if teams could actually change their roster based on the draft that they get. To be honest, that would be because cool. that would be really cool. You know, we don't have to announce our five starters. We do draft, then we choose who's going to take the rift. It would obviously have some issues in terms of scouting. It would make things a lot tougher, and then DFS would be a nightmare because they would have to just change it to you know, yeah. damn one bot lane or damn one mid. Um, but I, I would love the way that that could enable strategies such as yeah. this one. Right? It's really cool because like like imagine you're preparing for this team right. Half an hour before the game starts, they announce that that uh, Malrong is jungling. They announce they announce Malrong Canyon Showmaker, no ghost in the lineup. Right. First of all, you don't know who's going where. Canyon and Show Canyon and and Malrong could have completely different champions that they've been working on in solo queue. The only thing you would know is if they picked the one, you'd have a clue. Is probably this guy playing jungle if that's a champion that like you were you were keyed in on. But like. All of a sudden, that just completely throws your plans for a loop, right? Like, even if you prepare multiple things, you have to be so quick on the draw, like, adapting in that 30-second window, right, that it could really screw a lot of teams up. Like, I could, if they can get to a level where they can actually do that at a world-class level, I think this could be, like, a revolutionary thing. Now, you have to have players that are so goddamn good to actually be able to do that. And that's why people don't do this because it's hard. But it would be pretty cool to see if that that ends up being what happens here. So um, we did go into, into a lot on Damn One here, but they are actually on this later slate or later in this slate uh, on uh, this weekend as well. So we're gonna we're gonna I wanted to dive deep on this now because uh, it's gonna be an interesting matchup because they play Gen G later this weekend. But uh, let's do the other match on Friday. Let's get through Friday and we'll. Any anything else you want to tag on to damn one? We'll get this moving. Uh, we'll tag it on when we get to that one. Uh, KT Rolster minus one forty four against Fred Abrion plus one eighteen. Two teams that have looked a lot better, uh, a lot better in spring. Brion lost this morning. Uh, they kind of got smashed by Genji, but uh, I think they won game two. Yeah, they made a nice little nice little comeback in game two in a yeah. game that they were. 
fairly far behind in, and they've yeah. managed to come back against the number one team in the league right now. Yeah. Um, I think the other two games weren't close, but yeah, that was a good comeback in the second game. I'll give them credit for that. Uh, this is interesting, right? Like, all of a sudden, like, you would have told me before the season, be like, ugh, right? But both of these teams have taken noticeable steps forward. Uh, it's interesting. Like, this is kind of like a this is like a, a classic scaling versus tempo matchup, right? Like, I, I think if you look at, like, talent on the roster, I think KT Rolster are a better team. I think KT Rolster are like one of your Herald stat, like your your Herald snowball teams. There's there's a few of them in the LCK. Uh, you have like uh, KT Sandbox and a, it's KT Sandbox, Afrika, and then like Damwon to a lesser extent, and then everyone else is more focused on on like dragon stacking. So like Brion aren't like last season where they're only doing the scaling thing. The early game scripts have actually been very very good. Just overall, like, don't look at this morning necessarily because they got they got down pretty big in all three of those games. But uh, yeah, interesting, you know, fire versus ice kind of matchup here. Yeah, this is these odds feel pretty close yeah. to where I would want to be. Like when I look at the stats, KT's just slightly better mm-hmm. at almost everything. Like statistically, they have had a slightly tougher schedule, I believe. So maybe that's a little bit more lopsided, uh, where they should be a little bit bigger. This feels about right. Minus one forty four yeah. and plus one eighteen. That feels about right to me. Chris, Josh, any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I don't have too much to add. I I do uh, see. There's a interesting thing that I note, and it might just be a small sample size, but uh, LCK games have been in a place where the uh, the better teams have let the their their opponents hang around a little too much long, yeah. and that has flipped uh, the the outcome sometimes. Um, I am, I am more, I'm confident in Brian, but these two teams are very close to each other. I do lean towards KT. I think they are, they're, there's such, there's something about them, uh, this, uh, this split that I can't really put my hand on. It's it, the, all these kind of matchups, like I was, I was really hoping we would get this from the LCK and it seems like we have so far is that the middle of the table is just way more interesting now. Like you don't have that clear cut and it's just honestly kind of bad at the bottom of the table. Like I think the entire league besides DRX just hasn't stepped into the modern era. Apparently they're just still doing what they did last season. And clearly it's not working. Hamwa are, I don't know what the hell's going on with that team right now. They just look all out of sorts. Other than that, I think like the rest of those, those teams that were in that bottom six before like last season, they actually look pretty good. You know, I, I don't think they're going to win the league or anything, but we actually have, like, real competitive games. All their performance stuff is, has leveled up. Like, everything across the board is leveled up, so we're just getting higher-quality games here. But it makes these kind of matchups really interesting. I'm probably going to pass on this one. Like, I think if I had to pick a side, it'd probably be, like, Brion. Because it's, it's probably, like, close to a 50-50 for me. But interesting. That should be a good one. Um Sun, uh, Friday in the LPL, we've got Woo-hoo. Rogue Warriors. They finally got one. Rogue Warriors are plus one seventy three against LGD minus eight thirty three. We'll see LGD to sweeps at minus one seventy two. So here's the thing. Rogue Warriors got one. This team still sucks. They're terrible. LGD look pretty good, but LGD are very very clumsy and very very bad with leads. So, 
I don't trust LGD to sweep this. I could see them punting a game. But I also don't want any part of betting on Rogue Warriors in any way, shape, or form. So I'm probably just going to pass this one. I'll bet you guys. Yeah, Rogue Warriors, I mean, it's tough to ever be on the Rogue Warriors. You could maybe argue that, you know, they brought Betty in last match. Maybe maybe they start uptaking a little bit. with Maybe, maybe that was the upgrade they needed all along. <laughs> maybe, that's the, maybe that's the difference maker. You could try to argue that. But I think LGD's looked reasonable this season. I, don't, I just don't trust them to two zero. Pretty decent, but I just don't trust them to two zero. That's all. Yeah, like I agree. I agree. I, I feel like it's probably just a no bet for me. It, it, this feels like a weird game one throw into smash smash, right? Like that. That's like literally what it feels like. So maybe maybe you take like Rogue Warriors kill spreads in game one or something. I don't know. I, that feels a little too narrative streety, right? No? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Not much to say on this one. Josh, Chris, anything? Any 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 Harrow backers here? <laughs> Are we on Team Ice Coke? No. Where's uh, Who's it? Avalanche? Yeah, well, I, if I, they I, bring I, Harrow <laughs> back, their DFS ownership's going to, like, triple if they bring Harrow back. <laughs> I, think, I think the only thing I want to say here is, like, I think that LGD is going to turn into a cash cow here soon, betting against them personally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, this isn't probably the best spot for that. No. Um, but I think that the way that I've seen kind of the market reacting to their odds, they're it seems just, like they're going to end in a really good spot here. Just They're just constantly overrated, dude. Like, yeah. like, look, they're better. They're definitely better. Like, they're actually pretty good now. But the way that they play is in, they're going to, they're just going to lose games they shouldn't lose a lot, like, like more often than they should. So you have that going for us. That's always been a thing with this coaching staff, no matter what the roster's iterations been i also think that like they came in overhyped like everybody knew this team was going to be better the roster was just going to be better right like that's not rocket science Shadow's also been very very good but they haven't been a particularly great team they're just they're winning the matches that matter and i think that's why i think people are just like it's the new shiny thing and people want to do that so they've just been overpriced even though they're getting the results and for me, it hasn't flipped over that, like, okay, like, maybe they're actually good. Like, I, I'm still not buying it, right? Like, they're probably going to be a playoff team. Like, that, that match against Billy Billy the other day was, like, a huge playoff implication match for them. Because if you assume that they're going to finish somewhere in that, like, 8-12 to 12 range, winning those matchups is critical, right? So I think that would, that's the first step. Like, they're, they're well on their way to, you know, making a playoffs run here. But I, I'm still not buying that they're – particularly good so i'm with you like give give wait for the right spots this, this is going to be a good fade team in the next few matches uh lec on friday uh we've got vitality minus 333 against astralis plus 230 Stralis, completely skipping yeah. the jdg ultra prime game just that doesn't exist we're not gonna... oh thank you <laughs> I'm sorry. But that's not a game. I'm getting ahead of myself. JDG minus seven sixty nine against Ultra Prime plus one or four yeah four thirty seven. Ultra Prime to take a game is at plus one twenty seven. You know, I kept going to bat for this team. I did, and I I think I'm just done. Like I I I keep thinking like they had a couple they had two decent series, but I think this is a classic case of why you underdogs get worse and worse as the season goes on unless you're picking your spots. Because you're seeing it now that like those first the first series they were good they took a game off FPX second series you know still okay still some bright spots they have looked like absolute dog shit since then so 
I, I don't really know. I, I think I'm just off them. The thing with the thing is JDG look. JDG still with a really weird read on things, especially in the top lane. It was good. It was good to see Zoom play Gwen. So like they're not stupid. They they realize like okay, we probably got to figure this thing out. So that's a good thing. This meta is crazy good for Yagao. Like they they this team should be stomping everybody. Like in this meta game right now, like this team's so good for this, and it's, it's really weird. infuriating. It, it is, yeah, it's it is. Really, it's weird. Like I really think JDG used to be so much better. This in this meta in particular, this should be a great meta for them. Yeah, and they should they like should they're... be the team that we're like, oh man, they're smashing now. But if it switches away from this, then maybe we should have cause you know for concern. But they're not, yeah. so it's weird, right? Yeah, I just don't I just don't know what the answer is for them. I mean, I, I I'm not sure. I can't put my finger, and I've watched all their matches, yeah. and I just can't put my finger on what's not working for them that used to work for them. I mean, I feel like the the team fighting, which used to be for me like their marquee, is that even when they were behind, they would win all those dragon fights like mm-hmm. every time. And it feels like they're just not winning them, but I'm still seeing Zoom teleport behind the enemy team. You know, I still am kind of getting the same vibes that I would get in the past. Yeah. But they're just not winning them, and I don't know exactly what's up with them right now. If it's just, you know, a slight decline in, in skill level, if people are just missing a couple more abilities than they used to, or if it's a couple seconds late on that TP, I haven't quite identified it yet, I, but JDG I, just isn't where I want them to be. I've been having a hard time with it, too. Like, the first couple weeks, I was like, okay, like, and I said this during spring too. For like the first like nine weeks in spring, they were just they were just running the same set herald play over and over. And if teams would face check into them, they'd win the game. Like literally, they would just win the game on the spot every time. And then once teams stopped doing that, they it took them a couple weeks to figure out like okay, like we got to figure out a new way to play. And then they did, and they were pretty good again. But it took them a little bit to figure that out. They haven't been doing that. Looks so like they're not relying on one thing this season. I think it's kind of a combination of like they had a weird read on things at first. And then now they look like they figured out what's good and how they should be drafting, but team fights just in general are pretty volatile right now. So like I think a lot of these teams that are relying on like your traditional like two core kind of team fighting compositions, or even like two point five with a carry jungler, right? Like a Nidalee or a Kindred or something like that. A lot of these teams that are relying on that kind of thing were so used to just having a better team comp for it and being good enough at it that they would just win like ninety nine percent of the time they'd just team fight someone, right? Now everyone's playing these, like, crazy high-impact... You have, like, your Dianas, your Rumbles, right? Um, there's there's all sorts of just super high-impact stuff. You have, like, you know, Silas taking a key ultimate, like, that kind of thing. That a, a fight... You could be up 5k gold, and they, they just, like, murder your carry in two seconds, and it's over, right? Like, you just lost a team fight. So, I think maybe a lot of these team fighting... I mean, you see this seen this a little bit with RNG, too, right? Where, like, they kind of have this weird... Th- honestly, the two of them look very similar right now. They just seem like they have a really weird read on things, and they relied a lot on what got them by before, and they just haven't quite adjusted yet. I think so I was actually... Good. Okay. <clears throat> I was actually just going to say the same thing. Uh, in, in looking at the stats of the teams that are at the top of the the table based on kind of what, like, my models show it to be the most predictive things right now, uh, JDG and RNG actually profile extremely similarly in that... They're playing extremely well in terms of things like gold per minute, damage per minute, mm-hmm. some of those two combined. Um, even some of the things like, like KD and, and, and they're doing okay in Drake's. The biggest thing that's separating them from these other teams, the FPX, EDG, LNG top is, is Baron rate right now. Yeah. And so what that means to me, I mean, you heard the broadcast this morning talking about it with RNG. They were the, the reason that RNG was so dominant specifically at MSI was that they were just really good at being around these, these Baron fights getting the setup perfectly Clearing and then understanding. 
yeah. understanding how the fights were going to go. And I think that part of that's a shift in the meta. You know, when you don't have as much zone control because you're playing more melee style pile into me compositions, you know, that changes things a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and although that, you know, we may think that these teams should be more proficient on these types of champions, it does like micro does affect macro in a sense. Oh, yeah. Because just the way that you have to play these fights, like your zone control, if you're playing a Victor and Oriana, your setup for a, an objective is just totally different than if you're playing a, a Silas Akali. or or an Akali or a Viego. You know what I mean? Or a Lee mm-hmm. Sin. And so those things, I think, is just what we're seeing rear their head a little bit. Um, with that being said, I think I'm still hopeful for these teams because they are yeah. putting up impressive stats otherwise. But I think it, it's it's really around the Baron. And that's something I wouldn't have known without looking at the stats. So it's helpful to like see that. Because like it's not something you really easily notice that that's probably the biggest yeah. I mean, glaring. For what it's worth, part of the Baron issue is like winning. Like RNG haven't been winning games, so it's like, like they're. I not mean, it is and isn't. It is and isn't. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely the the laning and stuff like that. But even like they've been, they were losing games in the past where they were still getting these Baron yeah. plays that were positive. So what's yeah. what, what's really interesting with this, and I like I know we're running super long, but like. So EDG and RNG were very similar, like, profile teams. Like, if you just looked at them without knowing the names, you just looked at Team A and Team B, and you looked at their performance last split, they would look very, very similar, right? Both preferred scaling, both were cool with being at a deficit early and would turn things around usually with superior scaling, right, and and good late-game economy. EDG are, are just better across the board this season. Like, they've improved across the board. And they seem to have completely adapted to to this meta game right now, way faster than almost everybody else in the LPL. I think I, I think you're, the teams that are winning right now are the teams that are good at this weird the double triple melee like flanking kind of situation where the team fights aren't simply you know offensive line for your quarterback situations, right? Like it's not just front to back team fighting most of the time. Like you still see teams trying it and it works sometimes, but. The teams that are better at these scatter comps, uh, teams that can that are good at getting a carry like like one of these melee carries ahead. Like look at OMG. OMG's not not a great team, but this is LNG. LNG. They're a perfect fit for this kind of situation, right? Like Icon isn't the kind of player that you want playing Azir and Oriana, right? You want him on something like an like at a like an Oriana or like an Akali or a Silas or something like that. Scout has always been really good at these kind of things. He's a little bit more well-rounded than those guys, but it's kind of cool seeing his skill set get emphasized by this too. And we'll get to EDG in a little bit, but it's it's been kind of interesting to see how you've had teams with similar profiles to like all last season, all through this year so far, and some of them are just succeeding and some of them aren't. What's up, Chris? Oh, okay. Uh, LEC on Friday, Vitality minus 333, Astralis plus 230. Stralis kind of coming back down to earth last last uh, week. Uh, Vitality with a hell of a weekend, beating uh, who was it? It was G two and Mad Lions, right? G two for sure. They smashed G two. <laughs> they smashed G two. It was a, like thirteen to one or something. It was an almost perfect game. Um, is this real? <laughs> like it feels hard to say it's not real, but like I also would not be surprised in the least to see this team like beat itself. Like in one of these games this week, like they look good though. Yeah, I'll I'll say two things. One, uh, I'll start with the with this. Don't bet on them here. I don't yeah, exactly, them exactly. That's that's a no go. I, I mean, that yeah, that's that's a massive no go. But but two, 
I, I said it. I mean, I've been saying it. If self-made figures it out, they'll be fine. What impressed me the most about Vitality is not the G2 win. Um, that was, like you said, it was just pretty standard. They were in the lead the whole game, and they won. It was the fact that Leader sprinted it down against Mad Lions. If you guys yeah. remember that game, started out 0-2. And they, and they kept their mental. And his mental was, yep. like, Leader won his lane in CS still, despite going 0-2 and burning a TP. I, I think he matched TP. So it was maybe a it perk special, a, dude. Yeah. But and then and then but then the bot lane like this is the stuff we love to see yeah. because in that game specifically Crownshot and Lebrov went and double killed Mad Lions bot lane in between their tier one and tier two at like level four and that's the type of stuff you love to see at a team aspect is like hey other side of the map struggling we need to make a play and then they go out and do it and then that translated into a massive win that that was a very impressive win for me because yeah. this is the type of team I think I would have. Even even me being a big homer of this team would have expected like if, if he's going down 0-2, like this game's over. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So I was very impressed with that. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but that yeah. that's uh, I agree with you cool. on that one. That's I dad, you're hundred percent right that the identity of that team in our minds, I think, was the kind of identity where if, if leader starts the game zero two with his teleport down, <laughs> yeah. like they're just never ever winning. Yeah, they're not winning. Yeah. So that was a really good sign for them. You're right, I agree. It's I mean, all, the the players are just good. We talked about how high the ceiling could be for this team. So, like, are are we like just like tre- are we gonna like tread water and just wait to see more from this team? Because I feel like they're just gonna be unbettable for a little bit after that weekend. Or, I mean, I or mean, do we it, just trust them? Like, yeah, I mean, I think it's just I think they're kind of in the same spot. But I think I mean, I think the biggest thing is change the LEC is G- where G two stands relative to the field. Yeah, we're gonna get to that um, in a second. But yeah, I think I mean I think it's going to be tough to bet any of those top four or five teams against these bottom two three teams. Yeah. Just in general, I think the odds are going to be correct, but there's going to be a massive split, and it's going to be tough to want to take the dogs or bet the favorites. It's, it's going to be interesting to see if this team kind of turns into what we thought, which was like basically like a, a higher ceiling, eg, right? I think we all kind of had that vibe about them. Like this is just going to be a feast or famine team. Like when they win, it's going to look pretty and they're going to smash and it's going to be crazy and they're going to win really hard. But then they're going to have games where their aggression kind of costs them. So I don't know if that's how it's going to shake out. I have it, it, like based on how they look like they want to play, it feels a little bit like Fnatic last season. But who knows? Like maybe that's not, and they evolve and they keep getting better, and maybe they're just good. I don't know. <laughs> like. Got to be pretty good to smash G two and and Mad Lions back to back like that, but I wouldn't say they smash Mad Lions. But you know. well, this is a team I guess uh, will get us excited to watch out for, and I won't. I guess I won't be surprised at the end of this weekend. Oh, they went O two, and this is who they thought they were. But yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't. I don't know. Like maybe we get that. Maybe they're just good. What's the kill spread on this one? If it's like six and a half or better, I think I'd probably take Vitality on the spread. Maybe. Yeah, I think, I think they're probably just good. Because if they're going to win, they're going to they're gonna smash. Like, almost every win, I feel like they're just going to completely smash. I actually would be interested in under kill total on this game. Yeah. So if it's above, like, 25, I'd be pretty interested in under. They, I will say, they once they turn the corner, they've done this, like, already, like, every game this season. Like, all of their wins this season, once they turn the corner, they, they close very quickly. So it looks like they've got that down. Um, small sample size, but, you know, it's good to see that. SK Gaming plus three eighty three against Rogue minus six twenty five. Um, Probably not bettable for me. Three eighty three yeah. is a huge number, but there's a I, lot of issues in the SK team. I yeah, feel like I think so too. 
New guy didn't look too bad though in, yeah. in support, and I think kill spread here is going to be interesting. Yeah, it's got to. I mean, it's got to be on pretty, the outside side. We'll see. If it's like nine and a half or something, I'd, uh, yeah. I'd probably dabble. If you which these odds digits, would indicate. Yeah, if you get double digits, I think that's worth a play. Um, Misfits plus one hundred two, Mad Lions minus one thirty five. How do they have the seventh best team in the world as an underdog to Mad Lions? <laughs> Here we go. Of course, has got to add us. Were they higher than? Um. So here, here's the thing with this one, right? I've obviously like Mr. Misfits bull, right? But I also think that like Mad Lions have been way underperforming. Not that they've been bad, but like this team's better than this, right? Like we we just we know this team. Like they're just gonna have downswing. Like they're 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 a streaky team. They're going to have, like, a week or two where they just look like garbage, and then they're right back at it again in two weeks. So timing that market is anyone's guess, which is my problem. I'm going to say, like, I'm probably just going to be on Misfits here, but, like, I might not play it. We'll see. Like, if I play this, I'll be on Misfits, but there's a good chance I just don't play a side in this one because I I don't know. I'm not going to try to guess when Mad Lions turn it back on again. I hate something up real quick. Go ahead. I'm not. The, I, I think it, it might be pretty well known that I'm not the biggest fan of Mad Lions, but I'm also like somewhat of a misfits hater. But they they have been phenomenal this split. I mean, I think minus one thirty five for Mad in this spot's a little bit disrespectful. I think, especially after after uh, you know they've kind of underperformed. People have been sitting on a week of hey, Mad's kind of you, you know not doing it for anymore. Misfits or for Mad? For Mad, I, I think my, I think it deserves to be much more than minus yeah, one thirty five. I think there's a reasonable case for that. Like, yeah, so I, I'd be on Mad side here all the way. I think, but I mean, either way, this this game should be uh, a DFS gold mine. So mm-hmm. this is going to good be- luck getting the right side. Just know whichever one you play in cash will game be stack. <laughs> just know that before you play it. <laughs> uh, well, that that's the thing. Like we we just we just talked about teams like fitting the meta. Like this this was my read on Misfits going into the season. I thought they were going to progress. Just it's players going into their sophomore season. That's the first part. And this meta game is just perfect for them. It's what they want to be doing. So like until that changes, like are they on ten thirteen this week? I don't think they are. I'm gonna look real quick. It might be next I think, week. I think it's supposed to be next week. This is their second week. No, it's going to be. It's going to be on eleven thirteen. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. They but, announced uh, Tom Kench disabled. Yeah, but uh, I mean, I don't know. Like, I could see them being good in this kind of shit too. So, like, I don't think it's going to change fundamentally which champions are getting played. You just have this weird. You're gonna have. You're gonna have some weird split push angles coming in now, which, you know, it's interesting. I, yeah, I mean, it's, this is a weird one. Another weird it's, one. It's hard to argue against taking Misfits as the underdog, even though I am kind of thinking that they're overrated at the moment for where they belong. They still, their stats this season, I think, are good enough. I was just looking at a few different things about their results because my eye test, since I don't do the videos for EU and NA, I don't as regularly look through all the statistics and stuff for the teams like I do with yeah. the Chinese and Korean teams. Um, and so. Looking at the stats and and looking at the results and strength of schedule and stuff, I don't really think there's a decent argument for not taking the Misfits, and that was not my initial reaction. Yeah, I, like, but it's tough not to with these stats. Yeah, it's uh, it's just like I'm probably like I said I wasn't going to be on some. I'm probably going to end up being on Misfits here. The more I'm looking at it, but it's just it it does feel weird, right? The Mad Lions are are this short a favorite. Uh, maybe it's just because they're coming off a bad weekend. I don't know, but 
Definitely. likely likely be big in the unpredictability that is Mad Lions. Just Mad Lions just reminds me so much of 2020 G2. Yeah. Speaking of G2, oh, you got some splaining to do. Uh, minus 588 against XL. Um, <laughs> am I wrong for wanting to take XL here with the way G2 look right now? Like, th- th- Oh my god, they're so frustrating. They look so good at times, and you can see it. And I don't know, like, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna be taking Excel here, and if G2 smash this, then so be it. But I, I mean, I don't know. You have a different read than me. I'm very concerned. I don't understand. Like, if you told me that this meta was gonna be Silas, Akali, Viego, mid lane, and G2 is not, is not turbo smurping well. on everyone with caps. Yeah. I, I, I would be like, you're an idiot. Like, there's no shot that's real. And that's scary to me because if, if Caps isn't able to carry this team right now in this meta, which I think is his perfect, the ideal types of champions we've seen him dominate on in the past, and especially because around the world we're seeing dominant mid laners destroy right now, Dwayne B, Knight, um, mm-hmm. absolutely scout, you know, absolutely destroying in this meta. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm a little bit concerned yeah. um, because he's, he is to me the linchpin for this team and always will be. And if he's not performing right now in this meta, I, I don't know what to tell you. I, I can't explain weird, it, man. Like I, I yeah, I, I'm legitimately concerned, especially because like they have actually had pretty good early games and they're still finding ways to lose games. Like that's the other thing that's weird, right? Like they've got they've got like a they've got like a plus one thousand gold differential ten minutes. How the fuck are you losing games with that, right? Like at ten minutes, how are you losing? And it, and it just trends down from there. So I don't know if they're just like clowning around too much or something, or like they just sit they think they're comfortable with the lead and they just get cocky. Like we've seen a couple situations where maybe that was the case, but like I don't know if that's every situation or if they just. We, I mean, look, we said this going into this season, right? We're like, we all kind of assumed that G2 would get back in form. It's still early. But we also mentioned, like, it was a possibility that this is just who they are now. Like, they're just, like, you know, maybe the third through fifth place team. Maybe they're not, like, the elite team anymore. They're still good, but it's weird, right? It's weird to see them struggle like this. Like, I do, I do a lot of, like, win-adjusted stuff. Like just when adjusted metrics, and they're still performing really, really well in those, which indicates maybe some some bad luck. But like a lot of that stuff isn't necessarily luck; it's just poor decision making too. So like if you've got leads like that, I, I feel like if you have that kind of lead at ten minutes, you should never be losing. Like you should lose very few games because it's not like they're drafting all, these all in early game teams either. They're just making mistakes, which is they it used to be the opposite. G two used to be the complete opposite of that, right? They were the team that didn't make like they maybe they they make mistakes early. They never ever made mistakes in transition ever. That's what they were so good at. It's weird. Like, does does how does how do people feel on the individual talent level when it comes to G two? I feel like G 2s individual talent level is it's still very not, high. I don't feel like it's anywhere near what it used to be comparatively. Well, uh, yeah, I feel if you like want to say like relative to the rest like of the league, a, like they yeah. were smurfing on everyone before. Back in, like, I don't know, 2019 spring or whatever, if they were losing, it was almost universally because of draft or, or some sort of themselves. teamwork issue. They beat themselves. Or, yeah, some yeah. sort of teamwork issue or 
trolley decision making because their individual player skill was so much better than everybody else that if they were losing, it was always because of something else, mm-hmm. like draft or whatever. Now, I mean, I don't feel like they're like kind of like Josh said. I don't feel like anybody's like really dominating their lanes. Like even Caps, I don't see him just like coming mm-hmm. out here and stomping people like he used to. Um, Wonder used to stomp people all the time. I don't really see it as much. Mickey used to be a super lane, like dominant lane support where they could just crush two v twos. And even with Reckless, who's like a, a strong laner historically and is has been not terrible. I mean, I don't know. It just feels like individually they're just not as good as they used to be. They're not getting these automatic advantages that they used to get. And it wasn't always just like getting lane kills. Sometimes it was their early game rotations or their dives or whatever. They would always build up these early game like passive leads or active leads. Yeah. And you I'm also, just not seeing them do that anymore. You also have players like Wonder that were so good in bad matchups that he would like just go even in those and like that has I think part of that is you could contribute to the meta just being super snowball y, but like like even if you just look so like the best way that I have found to measure that kind of thing, John, that you're talking about, like passive gold income and like income from the map that's consistent is kill agnostic gold, right? They're sixth in the league in kill agnostic gold per minute right now. Right, they're fifth in kill agnostic gold differential. So like those they used to be number one with a bullet every single time, not close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and even last season when they were struggling, they were still, like, third in these, right? Like, the one thing that they did well was they just – they had that super high floor. Like, they were always a certain – they would never get that far behind in any kind of game. So, I don't – maybe that's just – it's a small sample size. Maybe it's just the snowball meta that, like, the games just get blown out completely once one team gets a lead. But what's weird is they've had the lead, so something's wrong here. Yeah, I will say, and and this reinforces your point. All five of their team has a positive gold differential at yeah. ten minutes. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, to John's point, like it doesn't maybe it doesn't feel like they're stopping their lanes, but they are ahead in a lot of cases. They all have positive CSD at ten. They all have positive gold differential at ten. They don't all have positive XP differential at ten. Yeah, but a lot of that's you know, like Mickey X is roaming or Wonders yeah, playing these other champions. Yeah, other, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but like. So they are still winning lanes. It's just like Vince said. It's like they're not able to transition it as well and play the map in the mid game. And that's, I mean, that was what we said that this was team's going for was. Yeah. Right? So I, I'm hoping, and, and again, like maybe we're just overreacting. Maybe it was a bad two games. I know specifically their draft against Vitality. I think a lot of people's criticism was that it didn't have enough damage. Um, but I, I'm, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I do feel at least a little bit concerned with this team. Yeah. Um, but then again, you can make an argument that. They just lost two games to two teams that are probably that top are top half of the league, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you could probably pretty easily say Fnatic's the best team in the league right now, and Vitality um, is is at least in the top half. So could just be a blip on the radar, and and we're all talking about, hey, what the hell were we thinking last week? Yeah, yeah by this time next week. So I mean, we'll it's see, not that but... hard to flip tails if the coin's forty five percent tails or something, right? right? Like you know, you could flip tails twice. It's not that crazy. Um, all right, so bringing up reeling it back in like Excel, right? Excel have not been particularly great, but, like, I think this is way too big a number for G2 in their current form. Like, it would not surprise me at all to see G2 just come out and smash this, but, like, I'm certainly not going to bet that angle. Uh, Shalka plus 210. Fnatic minus 294. Whew. Um, Fnatic look good. They look really, really good. Um, and Shalka did not. <laughs> yeah. I... I think I'm going to play Fnatic here. 
Like they, they, they've fixed so many of their issues. It's crazy. It's crazy how much better they look. Like they look really, really good. But I, I just almost never bet minus three hundred in best of yeah. one. Like it's, it's pretty. It's very rare that I do something like that. So I think I'm probably not going to end up betting. But I do think Fnatic looks fantastic recently. Yeah, this kill spread's viable here because they they completely smash in their wins too. So I think they're a kill spread team for sure. Yeah, uh, Fnatic look legit. They're very, very good. Like, all the issues that we saw with this team last season, it's like they fixed everything. Like, they just, or, they, quite literally, they just organized the first 15 minutes of their games, and they're not just, like, winging it. Like, everything looks so much more organized now, and I don't know if that was a communication issue or not, or it was a coaching-to-player issue or what, but everything looks so structured but they also haven't lost that like looseness and confidence that Fnatic has, right? So it's kind of the best of both worlds right now. They have a 2019 G2 feel to them. Oh yeah, not on the same level, but they're like playstyle wise, they have kind of that same feel. Yeah, it's really fun to watch. They're it's really cool to see a team come together this quickly too, with with two changes like that. It's it's really really cool. Um, Adam's been great, great start for him. This could also be uh, uh, evidence of Bleepo being more comfortable in the jungle, too. He's, he's only had, he's, like, what? He's been outstanding. Eight oh, games? Yeah. Uh, seven. They played seven in the first week. That's right. He's been really, really good. Like, <laughs> look at that. Turns out, <laughs> good players. Um, Friday in the LCS, Team Liquid plus 118, 100 Thieves minus 159. So, obviously, the behind-the-scenes stuff with Team Liquid, uh, Jat leaving. What's interesting with this team is, like, I think a lot of people, myself included, were... Uh, you know, I'm not going to include myself, because I, I specifically wrote on this not being the case. I'm going to exclude myself here. Um, I think a lot of people were just going to... They were quick to assume, like, okay, like, this is going to be a dumpster fire for a little bit. And I think people forgot that, like, these this is a team with a lot of good veteran in-game leadership that they aren't going to necessarily require the coaching staff. Like, I, in other words, like I don't think the floor is ever going to drop out from this team. The players are just too good, and they have veterans that, that can that can lead the team in game. And I can only see this team being so bad. That's that's my that's the thing with Liquid. And I think a lot of people, when you hear a coach gets fired, you hear all this stuff behind the scenes. Uh, I believe they're supposedly Alfari maybe coming back. This like to the twenty seventh, whatever was the date they was returning, right? So maybe not this week, but next week. Like I don't know, I don't know. I haven't heard an update on that, but like that's also a possibility here. Like I would not rule Liquid out, but Hundred Thieves are obliterating everybody right now. So does this feel cheap for Hundred Thieves? It does. I have. This is one of those spots where I get snake bit sometimes yeah. in sports betting and DFS, where it's like. I've held Team Liquid in such high regard for so long that I have a tough time stepping them back when they deserve to be stepped back. And it happens with it's happened with G2 in Europe too, where they've been in such high regard for so long that it's really hard to like want to like have take another team at minus 160 against them basically. I mean, mm-hmm. when was the last time we were betting another team at minus 160 in NA against never. Team Liquid? Never. Yeah, basically never. And so it's tough um, but I mean, I think Hunter Thieves is the best team in the league. Yeah, and it's hard to argue really with that at, right now. <laughs> yeah, when you look at Team Liquids, I mean, if you if you really adjust yourself to the new roster, I don't think their new roster is bad, but it is it's it's Jenkins and Armau, 
which is, you know, a, a definitely a talent deficit from where they were at before. So, I, yeah, I think it's reasonable to bet 100 Thieves. I'm not sure I'm going to convince myself to do it, but I definitely think it's reasonable. Yeah, this is this is crazy because, like, if, if you just look at, like, raw economy, then, like, they look very evenly matched. But if you look at, like, differential economy, 100 Thieves are just smoking people. So, like, they have similar economies, but 100 Thieves are denying a lot more gold from their opponents. So it's like... I think Hunter Thieves are also just. I, I don't want to get in the way of this team right now. They they just got it. Like they're on. Everyone's everything's clicking. They're firing on all cylinders. They haven't had like any hiccups in the last like two weeks after that. After that first, they were looked a little little weird. The first two the weeks, the CLG like, game was the yeah. one big, the one big one. Like they, the one game they lost like recently, they got absolutely obliterated. So people are a little hesitant still. But yeah, I will say I mentioned the kill agnostic goal for G two. Um, these two teams are both not toward the top of the table, believe it or not, in that. like, there's, But, I mean, obviously, it's always tough with a small sample, and 100 Thieves are just getting, like, 20 kills a game, so, like, it's hard to completely judge that. But maybe, like, there's a case to be made there that, like, okay, like, there's some regression coming, but I, pff, 100 Thieves look great to me. Like, all this kind of economy stuff, I think it, it, it doesn't matter as much if you're denying gold from your opponents and they're just choking teams out. Like, they, they get a lead and you're just not getting anything the rest of the game. They've been so good at that. Uh, I th- I'm probably going to bet 100 Thieves here. And, I, and I'm, I'm sitting here saying, like, Liquid might still finish, like, second or third. And it wouldn't surprise me at all. Like I said, the floor is really high for this team. The players are just good. But, yeah, I still have them in my top four. Even even if it's Armau and Jenkins for the rest of the season, I yeah. still have them in my top four. Yeah, I think I think four is the, the the floor for them. I don't see them dropping lower than that, even even with all this shit going on. So, I, I'm probably gonna back hundred thieves here, though. That's crazy, but they they're ridiculous. They play, they're playing so well right now. Um, yeah, and I guess we'll have to wait and see on Alfari, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think we're they. I think we're past the date that they said that he was officially done with his break. So we'll see. It might be all far this week, yeah, or he might just be back and then scrimming this week, and then he'll come in next week or something like that. So, um, oh, I mean, if you think that's the case, are they announced something like that? Maybe they're splitting scrim time. That's an angle against Liquid too. It's I'm just not, not sure that makes enough of a difference yeah, for me. I if I if I think Hundred Thieves is good enough to make this bet, same. I think I think they're good enough to make it with Alfari. Exactly. exactly. Uh, FlyQuest plus 159 against Evil Genius is minus 217. God damn it. This is... Oh, my God. It's a, It feels like a great EG bet spot, it's doesn't not, it? Which is exactly where EG loses why, every exactly time, why it's right? not, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, FlyQuest are terrible, though, man. Like, they got one last week. Who'd they beat last week? Like, Dignitas or something, right? Yeah. I forget. They lost. They lost to Dig and they lost to TSM. Uh... Oh no, they were they were beating they Golden, Golden Guardians. Guardians. And the Golden, Golden Guardians, Guardians had the comeback win on them. Yeah, yeah. FlyQuest is FlyQuest is dead and dusted. They had the, they had the substitutions. They got rid of Licorice. They got rid of uh, Dreams, and I believe they got rid of their mid laner. <clears throat> and they played the academy. They brought in three academy Sean? people to play for their yeah yeah for yeah. three different Top. positions. But uh, we don't know if that's happening again this weekend. I don't think so, right? Yeah. Uh, I think they played Academy, I think, the the ones that played last week. Yeah. We mentioned it before the show. We were talking a little about this before the show. But, like, just because the Academy team looked, like, similar doesn't mean that will be the case again next week. Like, a lot of times it's just like, okay, like, now we have now, now we can actually look and review the film on these guys for, like, a full week instead of just a couple days. And we can talk to our Academy team who've played against this and, like, get, you know, get the scoop more or less and get better practice. 
it would not be like I. I'm, I think he was I'm, saying I'm gonna, that the I'm normal, bet EG, man, I hate the it. normal academy players are playing academy again. So okay. we're assuming that they're probably not playing the LCS this weekend. All right, I, I'm probably gonna bet EG here. It's just too good. I, I, I know it's the trap spot for EG, but like this team, FlyQuest sucks, man. They're really yeah, bad. I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna bet EG as well. But I'm, I'm 100 expecting to get absolutely blown out yeah, by same, a monster FlyQuest. Same, same thing, right? Like Jose Diodo gets lead and just pops off for some shit. Like whatever. I, you but know what? Get... I'm willing to take the risk on. I think this is just this is cheap. Have you guys not been hurt enough by EG to keep coming back to this? They... I wish FlyQuest is not going to win. <laughs> if FlyQuest win this game, is not because FlyQuest did something. It's because EG, EG shot themselves yeah, you're in right. the foot. You're right, and it's all in their own hands to do so. Oh my god, this team's irritating. I'm going to say the infamous words. Um, and this may be an unpopular opinion, but I think EG's actually just turned the corner on that narrative. Think I actually so? think that narrative is a little bit, a little bit dead and dusted here. I think they've been playing very, very well, and the teams that they're losing to are all teams that they should be losing to. Uh, they lost to Team Liquid, who I think, and this is kind of go back to your point. I think there was a large overreaction when the Jat thing happened. Um, I told someone the next day, I was like. The reason I didn't play Team Liquid or EG in cash that day is because I was like, I didn't make EG as favorites, and EG ended up being super chalky in DFS. I thought that they became closer to even with TL Mm -hmm. um, with the substitutions that occurred and and the turmoil. But that, you know, again, people overreact to these things, and they're like, oh, EG should be like minus 150 now in this match. It's like, no, absolutely not. This is still an insane TL team with a massive advantage in the bottom lane specifically and in the jungle um, regardless. So... Yeah, I think, but I do. I mean, that's the game they lost. They brought in the the contracts against TSA, smashed them, um, and then they cleaned up the weekend on on Sunday with a you know it wasn't super clean, but they they pulled out that pulled out that victory pretty easily. Um, I think against Dignitas. So, yeah, I think. I mean, for the past two weeks, they've just been losing to team. Past two or three weeks, they've been losing to the teams you would expect them to lose to. Yeah, the teams that we would say are are better than them if we did a power rankings yeah, um, and not the ones below them. So I think they have kind of turned that corner and they're not playing as volatile as we would yeah. you know, typically expect. And I have opinion. some numbers to back that up too. Uh, they're actually second in the league in Kill Agnostic Gold. Like, <laughs> it's not something you would have attributed to them. And they're number one with a bullet in, in just like raw like golden wins and, and differential and wins and stuff. They have like 2,200 gold a minute in wins. Just, when they win, they just completely smash. So I really like Danny. I think that was a really nice addition. Yeah. I think that was a really smart move up. Team's just good right now, man. They have crazy adjusted numbers too because their wins are just so lopsided. <laughs> so they have a really goofy looking statistical profile. Um, TSM minus two eighty six, Dignitas plus two hundred four. So we talked a little bit about this last week. TSM winning ugly. Uh, probably stole a few that they shouldn't have won. I'm never going to deny that. But I think they're still fairly fundamentally sound, and Dignitas are an actual dumpster fire right now. So, Yeah, this is a spot where I'm willing to go near that minus 300 line, I think. Yeah, I think I'm going to end up just betting TSM. I think I think TSM are, might actually be better than they've been playing, even though they're winning. And you don't get that that often, but I, I kind of think that's the case. Like, they've been... They've had some really ugly wins, like games they probably shouldn't have, and I I, I think this team's better than that. I'm not saying they're like, I, I don't think they're like they're not hundred thieves level right now, obviously, but like, 
they probably could have won some of their ugly wins less ugly. Yeah, yeah Like, they're exactly. good enough to have won some of the ugly wins less ugly. Yeah. I, I just think I'm going to be on TSM here, I think. So, just leaning from DFS purposes, is TSM not that great of a team-fighting team? Is that where the issue lies? Because I do see some of their wins, their ugly wins, that happens when they could have just finished the game, but they somehow lost a team fight. I think they Jackie get a little... Pushing into base. It's weird because they, they get... They're, usually you see like overconfidence manifest in overaggression, but I think you can see a team that's like overconfident in their position in a game and not accurately evaluate necessarily how far ahead they are, and maybe they just get a little lazy in a fight. And right now you just can't do that. You have to be so thorough. And I like I'm not. This team is totally capable of doing that. You know, like the that that's why I think like they might actually be better than they are, even if they've won some games they shouldn't have. So like. I might do TSM EG money line. Am I asking for it? <laughs> like a parlay? That might be asking for it there. Cloud9 minus 204. Immortals plus 151. Cloud9 brings Ven back. Uh, I mean, it, it, I don't want to judge anything on one weekend, but like it didn't fix it. You can't expect something to be fixed in one week. But they still kind of looked the same to me. Right? Yeah, like, they, is that they crazy? Don't look, they don't look anywhere near elite so far in summer. Um, I still think they're going to finish top four. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and of course, I mean, like, they I think they're still going to be a top to. four. Yeah, I think they're still going to be a top four team in summer, like, not including their spring record. But uh, I, I think I actually am going to bet them here against Immortals at minus 204. I, I like Immortals. I like what Immortals have done. I think the Immortals, Immortals is very similar uh, in my mind to. Uh, Nongshin, where I think that Immortals is a lot better this split than they were last split, but I still think people are overrating how good they are, even though I think they're a lot better than last split. Yeah, I, I'm kind of... I don't know. I'm I'm on the opposite side of that, I think. Like, I, I actually think that they're pretty good. I don't think they're quite Elite Four, like, in that Elite Four. I think they're the fifth best team, though. And, like, I, I guess I don't think the gap between the top four and them is as big. But this is, I don't know, let me see. Like, I make this fairly close to market, I think, so I'm probably going to pass. Do, like, let's see here. Yeah, I. this is fairly close for me. Like, maybe, maybe yeah, I don't know. Because it's, it's, the thing that scares me about this is, like, I want to back Immortals because this feels like a decent spot. But, like, at some point, Cloud9, I feel like you're just going to get it together. And this is just unfortunately bad timing for Immortals. But I guess the, you can make a case for Immortals is that they've kind of had Cloud9's number this year. I think they have a winning record against them, I'm pretty sure. I think they're like 3-1 and one or something, right? I could look this up. Yeah, anyway. I'd, I'd like to see the odds a little bit closer here. So if anything, to me, it's an Immortals bet, but I, I don't think I'm... I don't think I have the stones to bet him here. You think money um, comes in on Cloud9, though? Like, that's the thing. Like, does enough money come in on Cloud9 to boost this higher versus, like, the... I call it, like, the decay, right? Which is normally the books post these numbers now, and then, like, they take it down. They take it closer and closer together. Like, they cut some of the vig off as they take money. So, like, it'll end up being, like, minus 180 to, plus, you know, plus 140 or something like that, right? Like, do we think enough money comes in to push Cloud9, like, higher? Or is it just going to kind of stand pat? Sorry, I'm looking something up at the moment. I was gonna say, are people too skeptical on this team right now, or are people just gonna like? Yeah, I mean, I, Cloud Nine. I don't think too many people like to bet 
uh, esports lines over minus two hundred in yeah. general. But but yeah, I think if money comes in, it's going to be on the Cloud Nine side. Put them in parlays. Yeah, true. So I, I think if, if if money comes in on Cloud Nine and we get this number up to what it was at one fifty right now, yeah. If if I could get that closer to like one seventy or something, I'd probably actually pull the trigger on Immortals. Um, and it feels bad because like I think I think this is a bettable line right now based on what we've seen. Yeah. Uh, but it's like you said, I'm just it's almost worth it's almost worth away. waiting for the chance. Like, yeah. Guys, go higher. Absolutely. Yeah. Did you see what I was doing when you made that comment, Vince? No. Okay. What? When you were talking about putting them in parlays, I said I was looking something up. I was looking something up relating to parlaying. <laughs> I thought you were seeing what I was doing down there. Interesting. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Golden Guardians plus 151 against CLG minus 204. Here's what's fucked up about this one. <laughs> uh, CLG, what did we say going into last week? You, you can't play with training wheels forever. Just like Loco said, right? People figured that out, and we're just like, look, just disengage. Like, just, like just, just back off, let them overdive, and we punish it. And that's what happens, right? You can only – the cat's out of the bag. Are they going to have a new trick this weekend? Here's my thing, though. I, I think Golden Guardians are just bad enough that that's just going to work. Like, I yeah, think they I don't, can just I don't run the same thing trick. back. That's what, like, was, what I was about to say. I don't think they need a new trick. Like, I don't think CLG is good at all, but, like, God, uh, I don't know, man. Golden Guardians do look better, but they've had a couple ugh, kind of sketch wins as well. So, I, oh man, maybe Vince, I just don't not, bet this, man. I don't know. I'm not gonna let you get away with this because your model says don't. There's no oh, shot your model makes this. Oh no, model makes this 100 Golden Guardians. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's 100. It's like I'm here. I'm here to butt heads with y'all. No, this is Golden fine. Guardians money line all the way for me. I'm not paying minus 200 for CLG in this spot. Model makes it a double digit in, edge in for any chance. <laughs> absolutely, CLG yeah. or absolutely Golden Guardians money line bet here for me every time. All right. And I may have to go pick of the week here. Just, I mean, I, I, I probably won't, but that's borderline right CLG, there because that's CLG hella fraudulent. You're telling me the gap between CLG it's, and Golden Guardians right. is as big as the gap. You're, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you, Josh. I'm on. I'm on board. All right. God, we have. I do think that's the case. I do think the gap between CLG and Golden Guardians is bigger than the gap between Cloud Nine and Immortals. Josh, really? (laughs) Yes, I think Immortals is playing a lot better this season, and Cloud Nine's playing a lot worse. And I think Golden Guardians is really bad. I think CLG is like, eh. but CLG. I mean, I think Golden Guardians is actually playing a lot better this year than they were last year. I mean, it's the solo relative to what though. That's the thing. It's It's the solo effect, eh? Yeah, I mean the the top gap here is not even comparable. I mean, to be so, fair, if they had Viper, I wouldn't make this bet. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Just have to. Find you win this round. Viper. You win this round. Golden John. Guardians have better economy. I'm just saying, I, like by a I mile. I, just, I think from what we've seen, and it could be maybe it's selection right now, or we've been through three weeks, so they've played yeah. everyone. The first round robins over. Yeah, so they have all the same similar opponents. I don't know who won this last matchup. But to me, in, in looking at the underlying numbers and what's been predictive so far, things like gold per minute, um, the gap, CLG is slightly better, but the gap's not this big to warrant these odds yeah. differential. And, and for that reason, I think it's interesting it's, it's one here. On Golden, Guardians. Golden Guardians have the best gold per minute in losses in the league. I think, I think that is, I looked at that too. And it's, I think it's that just the reason that is, it's, it's just I think it's sample size though. Yeah. Is I know, the main Because they have also have the most losses right now, I believe. Yeah. They also have the second worst goal differential in losses, so they just get smashed usually. So they've had a couple. They've had a couple of losses that were like close, and they threw it. Oh and no, then, FlyQuest has more actually. Oh so. no, yeah, FlyQuest is. Whew. 
Yeah. So yeah, you're you're right though. I I saw that. And it's 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 interesting at least. So like, they are better because last season, like a lot of their economy metrics last season were like literally like garbage. Like yeah, like quite literally like like Rogue Warriors like fourteen hundred gold per they've, minute. Like they've been indisputably better. Yeah. It's just a situation of what does that mean? Yeah. Relative to the league, how is that like? Yeah. Exactly. So are they now like a C tier instead of an F tier, or is the, are they a D tier? Like it's interesting. Um, I, I, you know, you talked me into it, Josh. I'm with you. I'll be on Golden Guardians with you. Uh, oof. All right, hour nineteen. Saturday, Afrika plus one forty nine against T one minus one eighty three. Uh, T one to sweeps at plus one seventy two. Model likes Afrika here. Has them better yep. than T one, uh, but T one have also Afrika. had a couple. T one have also had a couple of kind of weird series recently. Uh, I think T1 are better than this, but I think this number is a little disrespectful to current form, right? Yeah, T1 hasn't been very good, honestly. Go ahead, Josh. I'm, no, yeah. that's pretty much what I was going to say. I can't trust this T1 team right now. I honestly, I mean, I was surprised to to when I woke up to see that they beat KT. I, I was pretty well on the boat that series. KT was going to beat them based on current form. It was a competitive um, so I, I do I do still need to review those VODs to get some more data on T1, but oh. From what I've seen on them, they they've been very unimpressive to me with their drafts and and their execution all around. I, I feel like they're doing a lot of like very hard committing in draft phase to like wanting to stop early game and then just not necessarily executing on that. And again, we've talked about it before. You know, it's fine to want to commit to that, but then if you do that and you're going to take the risk of your playstyle, you got to be good enough at it to 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 want to or to to warrant that risk. And they just haven't been coming through on that for me. So to me, I, I'm I'm all in on the Afrika spot here. I think it's yeah, a, a very I, good bet. Afrika have Afrika look like a gatekeeper team. Like legit, they look they look literally like 2020 Afrika again. Like they're just good, maybe not great. Everyone else is kind of figuring things out right now. I think the LCK is actually crazy because I think you had so many teams level up that a lot of those teams have pulled up like upset victories. Right, that I think a lot of people are skeptical in the top level teams right now, but really I think it's just kind of it, it's weird because everything's kind of compressed now, right? But you would think Afrika are just very middle of the pack in that kind of situation if that was happening, and they're not. Like they're kind of separating themselves from everybody. So it's like it's give me Afrika. You're right. It just feels weird, right? <laughs> but yeah. Oh, here we go. We got DRX plus 199, Sandbox minus 248. DRX are dog shit. Yeah, I think Sandbox is a pretty huge favorite. I kind of like the minus one and a half for Sandbox, although I do think that uh, these LCK games between these lower teams have been a little bit closer than I would have liked. But uh, I think I end up on the Sandbox money line and minus one and a half. Sandbox are one of the better early game teams in the league, and DRX are abysmal in the first 20 minutes. Like, abysmal. So, and Sandbox are, are like, they're like a good Herald Snowball team. Like, Afrika's actually been, like, the only one that's better. So, I actually think, like, yeah, I, I think Sandbox win this. I think take... Time total unders, kill total unders. I think Sandbox is going to run this series over. Uh, DRX are officially in just auto fade until they show me have they know how to play current League of Legends. They're they're in they're in auto fade mode for me. Like, ah, uh, in a weird way, this is cathartic, isn't it? 
all, all spring all spring long we were like we're gonna get <laughs> yeah. ours we're gonna get ours you piece of shit I feel bad for the players because the players have actually been okay. I just think that they're they're. I, I mean, I'll, I'll call the coaching staff out. I'll say it because you guys know me. I'm a pro CV Max guy, and I'll call them out. Like they're, you you have to adapt to the times. Period. Unless you have ridiculously elite level players that can that can cover up those kind of deficits, and you don't. These players aren't bad, but you don't have players that are so much better than everyone that you can be playing super inferior strategies. Period. That's it. Step into the 21st century, then I'll consider backing you as dogs. Until then, fade him. Sandbox sweep. I'm about it. Yep. Uh, what's up? Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I I was just looking into some of the numbers. Oh, they're terrible. They're really the, uh, bad. <laughs> this, no, I, what blew my mind is that I actually think the derivative markets here are actually the the biggest play, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, something I'll probably... Herald first Herald. Actually, look at... Yeah, the Herald. So, like, uh, for example, just so that the people are listening know, uh, in wins... Sandbox has a 93.33 percentage herald rate right now, this this split so far. And in losses, DRX is sitting at 25%. Um, and so almost guaranteed we're going to get better odds on, on herald on each map. Yep. First herald to go to uh, Sandbox. So, uh, that, that that I mean, that's potential pick of the week territory right there. Yeah. Uh, just because you mentioned it, I wanted to look it in. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be like a minus 160 or whatever. But, like, I, I mean, they have a 73% first herald versus a 35. Like, overall. Like that's yeah. all games, wins and losses. So like, yep. and like, so yeah, Sandbox have been the Herald team. Like Sandbox and Afrika are the Herald teams. Like they, they're they under. You, there's a very clear divide in the LCK between the teams that are prioritizing that and trying to snowball games off that, which I personally think is the superior way to play, especially right now. But uh, unless you're playing in a Kali comp, then it's not. But Akali also lends herself to being good in those situations because it means you're skirmishing early when she's level six and she can get a huge spike there. So I, I think you should be playing that way, period. It's just a little harder because it's more execution-based. So, um, yeah, I, that, I'm going to be looking at that. First Tower, same thing. Um, first Blood. DRX have a 14% first Blood rate. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're going to be paying juice on these, but definitely worth considering. Uh, LP or LPL, we've got OMG plus 203 against Team WE minus 286. I was very happy to see... Team WE not mental boom this morning after losing game one. I was very happy to see it. Um, yeah, it was kind of a beat down. I mean, they, they oh, were, yeah. it wasn't, you know, utter annihilation, but yeah, BLG, BLG took it to them in game one for yeah. sure. Um, I still think WE are good. It's, they've got a little bit of like dumb to them sometimes, right? Like, I don't, like, I don't know how else to categorize it. Like, they just do some questionable things sometimes. They kind of remind me of, like, JDG when they first were getting good. And that, like, sometimes they just, just like, what? Like, you have these, like, real head-scratching moments. Like, why did you swap there? Why did you rotate to this? Like, there's nothing going on. You could have left You could have left Elk to get a free tower and you just rotated him up for, like, a fight that already happened 30 seconds ago. Like, so they look a little out of sorts sometimes, but I think the players are just good. And most of the time they're on. Like, this, it doesn't happen often enough that, like, I think it's that concerning unless they're playing against like the really elite teams. I think Team W are going to smash OMG here. Like I, I, I like the new look OMG. I think Cream's been playing out of his mind. I think the bot lane's been very, very good. But like we saw what happened when they finally faced like a decent team. Like they, they, they got the upset over RNG, but RNG have looked a little sketch. Uh, they got was it Billy Billy completely smashed them last uh, this weekend. 
I'm I like completely with you on them in that they're they feel like those other teams to me, which is that they've gotten a lot better this split. The cream's playing out of his mind. I think he's a, a prospect that if he keeps playing like this, is going to get picked up by a, on RNG. <laughs> yeah, he's going to get himself a job on on one of the major. Ryan has not been good. Um, but but still, like they're they're probably vastly overrated for how good they really are. I agree. Uh, despite the fact that they're a lot better than Spring and they have a potential superstar on the team, they're still new and Aki. Like this is still a, t- a team that we've seen before, and they're not terrible. But they're still, you know, it's not like everybody made a huge jump overnight. They're just better than they were, and they're they're putting up gutsy performances. But I don't think you're going to see them in the playoffs, and I think this is a decent spot to pick up WE. Yeah, I think WE. I'm all over it. Um, Rare Adam, plus 116. LNG, minus 154. This is an interesting one, too. Somebody in the Discord, I think it was Emmerich, was all about plus 116 for our yeah, Rare he, Adam. He nominated that as a pick of the week. Oh man, I have I have a real tough time because if there's anybody who loves LNG, it's me. I love my icon, and I came into this split, and I I've wanted. Whoa! Holy shit! Wait, wait a second. Are you actually going to back Rare Adam? No, I don't think I can. <laughs> I what what, say, I'm, what like... I'm saying is, every match, I've I've wanted like having been a fan of like icon teams and stuff in the past. Every match, I've, they they win, and I'm like, yeah, but I mean. They're probably not beating like FPX or whatever, and yeah. then they win again. You're like, okay, they got a couple, but like they're probably not, and they just keep doing it. Like they're actually, they're actually just really good, even though they, yeah. like, even though I, uh, I, I keep thinking to myself, like they got to come back down to earth. Like it's just the Icon and Tarzan and the boys. Like these, they're you know, we saw them in spring, but you know, the meta's great for them, and they're yeah. playing well, and and things are. I, I think we just have to believe in them. And Rare Adam honestly has not shown me what I think other people must have been seeing. They've been good too. Uh, don't get me wrong. They've been, they've been very good upcomer, another top 10 upcomer team in the world. Although that's actually maybe debatable. Uh, but LNG, I, I think LNG should be the favorite here. I'm probably not going to bet because I don't think LNG is a huge favorite, but uh, I, I think it's good enough that I'm not going to take rare Adam at 116. I think what's, what's interesting about rare Adam is that like you look at their profile and everything. It's not that much different than it was last season. Um, they had the weird fluky win in game three against top esports. That was, that was just a weird game. Um, they probably should have lost that one, but like they straight up beat team WE. They got smashed by EDG, but everyone's getting smashed by EDG right now. They beat LGD. They smashed OMG. I mean, not that we think that highly of them. They're, they're like smashing the teams that they should smash and they've beaten a couple good teams. So like, I'm not saying this team's going to win the split or anything like that, but I, 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 I'm going to be on LNG here, or I'm going to not LNG. I'm going to be on Rare Adam here for sure. The thing about LNG is they they look different than they what they how they play in yeah, spring. They look in good. spring, they're like very passive, or maybe yeah. like aiming for scaling. Team. This is a active. They push for things, and Rare Adam is the team that stayed the same. They were winning the same way that they are doing in, split, mm-hmm. in spring, so I think I might be with John here, and um, I will take. I, I think I will take the LNG side. I do want to see. I'll, I'll ride this team as long as they're on this uh, on this patch, at least. I will say the good teams that Rare Adam has beaten are teams that I I don't like. I've not been that impressed with in the split so far. Like WE has not lived up to my expectations so far in the split. Yeah. Top Esports has not lived up to my expectations so far this split. I'd be a little bit more confident in Rare Adam if we'd gotten to see them 
put in a really good beating on like FPX, I think is the team that, yeah. that has been performing about where I want them to be performing, something like that. I think but I mean, I guess most teams in the LPL are not performing like to expectation. I think FPX to be is like the only one. I think it's FPX. like FPX and LNG. I mean, <laughs> LNG's over. I think FPX is the best team in the world right now. EDG. Oh, and EDG, obviously. And EDG. Yeah, yeah. I, th- obviously I think EDG, those are your top. Yeah. I think those are your, your world top two right now. Yeah, EDG and FPX and LNG are really the teams that have been the great teams so far this split. And I haven't really seen Rare Adam against one of those teams. The teams that they've beaten are like powerhouses from spring or last year that haven't looked as good in in this split so far. It's interesting. I think um, something to point out here is is Vici's got one of the best early game teams on the planet or early game like early games period on the planet, but they kind of struggle after that. So they kind of like they're able to get themselves out to lead, but they don't always smash at home. They they're actually, it actually looks very similar to G2, which is kind of goofy, but you know, 15 goal lead at 10. You're talking rare Adam here, right? Yeah. Rare Adam. Sorry. 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 Did I say Vici? Yeah. I just wanted to make I sure. Said, no, I, I said, like, right, so I said Vici because in, in my, in my system, they're still in as Vici. So I didn't have to change everything. So I read it and I just, <laughs> uh, so I'm looking at LNG versus Vici right now, but it's, you know, Oh, I guess so. Um, yeah, I mean, so I don't know, Vince. Do you have a composite number on SOS by chance in yours? Uh, I, we don't do one on my side, but I just trying to like it's eyeball not up to, it. I it's mean, not up to date, but okay. Yeah. So just trying to eyeball it. I mean, it, it is a little bit tough, right? Because you have these like so LNG kicked the crap. I mean, not kicked crap, but they they beat RNG and JDG, um, both of which are like teams we expect to be better by the end of the split, but both are struggling right now. Yeah. They've then, both kind of beaten teams that are like kind of not in yeah. form right now, which is weird. Like, but I mean, they also did beat FPX, which I hold quite a bit of weight on yeah. myself. Um, but Rare Adam, on the other hand, you know, they like you said, they got two owed by EDG, but how do you really blame them for that? But then they did beat uh, We and they did beat Top, so um, yeah, it, it is a little bit tough. I I think I would have to lean LNG in terms of strength schedule, and they have slightly better numbers. So to yeah. me. That's the side I'm going to end up on on this match. Um, I was hoping to see if like maybe strength of schedule would be the, the equalizing factor for me. That's what I was asking. Yeah. But I think I think I think just based on again I test here. I haven't. I don't have a composite number on it, but it looks like to me that LG has had a slightly tougher schedule yeah. and have put up better numbers in aggregate. And, and for that reason, I think that this is fair and maybe even a little cheap for them. Yeah. But I definitely see your 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 side of the argument. Like yeah, I, like rare items bad and the gap's not massive, but exactly. Like I, I think it, what's what's this might be like a cuz i i cannot imagine people don't just completely hammer lng here like people yeah. are so enamored with this team right now and for good reason they're playing very very well but like this feels like you wait until like right before game time and this is going to be lng minus 180 and you can get a better number on rare adam and then, I then can i'm see more that interested sure. so yeah that's interesting what's interesting is and just i just want to say this before we go on to the next one but mm-hmm. to me right now it kind of feels like these teams have swapped places from last split where Rare Adam has now is now the gatekeeper, and LNG is the one that's contesting for that top spot. Whereas last split, it was Rare Adam contesting for that top top four finish, and LNG was more of a gatekeeper. I feel the same way, Josh. It's interesting. Like, I don't know. I think they're. I think Rare Adam this season is way better than LNG was last season. Like, way better. Like, just like literally, just look at the numbers. They're just way better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I just mean like their role relatively. Yeah, yeah that that, that could end up being a possibility. It's going to be interesting to see who that is. Like, who are these bottom? Like, who is the ninth and tenth playoff team right now? Because Invictus are looking sketch, Magetch, and <laughs> you have a couple of these other teams. Like, 
couple losses later and all of a sudden they're out of playoff contention. Like, RNG, you got to get your shit together, man. Like, I, I, they're going to be fine. I, I have a hard time seeing that team not making playoffs. But, jeez, like, rough start, right? LGD is going to fall off, I think. But they've had a good enough start that maybe they sneak in. Oh, it's weird. Um, FPX, minus 526 against Invictus, plus 331. I, I want to give me FPX to sweep this. Invictus I want to tell an Invictus gaming story yeah, that yeah. Uh, that happened to me because I think it applies to like so many people in the scene, and I think it's really important. Uh, so I, I play with Wilson all the time, right, like in League. And I think this is sometimes where it has a huge amount of value in having somebody that's like a fresh brain when it comes to this kind of stuff. Because Wilson just comes to me the other day. We join into a game, and we're just on League voice chat, and he just goes, John, tell me something. And I'm like, okay, Wilson, what's up? And he's like, why do people keep betting on Invictus Gaming? <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, well, I mean, uh, you know, he's like, he's like, be honest, be honest with me. I'm watching this team. Like he says this to me. Like I'm watching this team. I think Nenny is their best player. Why he's is been everyone, their best player? He's why does everyone player. keep betting on these guys when when like, their team's just garbage? They have like the worst spot lane in the league, and everyone just keeps believing in them. And like, I think that is a spot where. Like it's it's nice to have a fresh brain sometimes yeah. because there's so many people in the scene, me included, that have been on Invictus and liked Invictus for so long and and rookie and you know and seen these other players on other teams. Puff looked like a superstar back in the day when he was on what Vici. He looked like he might be a superstar sometime. You know, all these guys we have so many things about them that sometimes it's just really hard to admit it's that tough Invictus to remove gaming the biases. Just, like Invictus gaming is just garbage right now. So, dude, <laughs> like, so here's my here's my issue with this team. The top trio is good. Like, I know Rookie hasn't been just, like, completely smurfing on the entire league like he does every season, but he's still good, and he's still putting up good performances. He had that weird one the other day. You're right, Josh. I'll, I, I know you're. that's fair. But uh, the top trio overall has been great. Nanny has been their best player. Like, no doubt. Like, Nanny and Zune have been actually very, very good. I think Rookie's been, like, above average. He's maybe not elite elite, but he's been good still. This bot lane is... They're just garbage. Like, nothing's working. I don't understand. Look... I know the Invictus bottom lane, just the way this team operates. I don't know. It must be a rookie thing, right? It must be a rookie thing. But, like, this team does not help their bottom lane. They just don't. So I understand that they're going to be operating. Play, they're, they're playing on on hard mode, right? Did you see you, yeah, I did. But you have to understand when you're doing that, you have to be conservative. You can't be playing aggressive as hell like this, right? They, this bot lane, they're like when Mad like when Mad Lions bot lane is playing shitty. Like they're just like, no, no, no we got this all in. Just lose the all in. It's yeah. kind of well. The thing for me is that that's hundred percent true. What you're saying is yeah, definitely true. Like, the problem is the that rookie is not good enough to carry that right now. Not right now. Like, yeah, he's, like he's been good, but not good enough to carry those kind of performances. Sp- exactly. You're right. And like, it's and the he same with like, with like Jun too. I think like Jun, I think has been very, very good at some times, but not good enough to like carry the horrid performances that are coming out of the bot lane. So I think the team's just really not going to win until they fix some stuff. Uh, the shy is probably going to be back soon. Worth keeping that in mind. I don't think it'll be for this weekend, but just worth keeping that in mind. And Can I, he play I, 80 carry? Here's, like, here's what's, uh, there's been some rumors that would be sweet. I would love that. I would start down, again So here's the thing. Here's I'm the down thing. for Callista Lucian bot lane only. Here's I'm the here thing. Here's the thing, though, right? You're asking a guy <laughs> to play weak side. Put the shy in mid. 
and let him do the roaming and 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 let rookie and, and let, let rookie, rookie fix all the fires, right? Yeah, let rookie go. Let rookie be the dog the in the in the in the burning house, being like, "This is fine." <laughs> yes, dude. Honestly, okay. Here they got to do something. I, I, I don't want to do this right now because I I know we're running late. But here's what needs to happen: one of the Shire rookie needs to play stupid jungle for this team, so they can understand how shitty it is to be a jungler for either the Shire rookie. Because it has got to be just absolute hell. Where they're like, hey, I know we're eight minutes into the game and you've completed one full clear, but I'm going to take every camp you own on yeah. the map because I am the carry. Dude, I give Zune so much credit because he's been so good with this team. Like, as a rookie, he's actually been tremendous, I think. And Everyone's so good. Like, the bottom lane is just... It's a black hole! Every game! Every single fucking game! They're terrible. Everyone wants it's to impressive. bring out their... Everyone wants to bring out their garbage eye test and their metrics and all this stuff. Man. And the truth is, there have been games this split when there was only one friend playing for Invictus. You want this team to win Power with one friendship. friend on the with one friend on the rift? It's just rookie by himself. He's got no friends. Friendship and then sometimes gaming. he gets one other friend with Balon. Sometimes two friends yep. is not enough, ladies and gentlemen. You need, at least, you need at least four. Here's here's a question I have for you, John. Do we count it because? I don't know if you've noticed, but when top esports, no, no, no. When, when top esports plays, Jackie Love tries to give signals to IG that he misses the power of friendship. When he just randomly goes for it for no reason, he's just like, guys, I missed you. Like, does that count? Cause you know, sometimes they play on the same day and he's really just like, guys, you know, I need you. You There's not enough friends on the rift, man. That's all. By the way. If witnessing how these careers and these teams' trajectories have gone over this time span, if this doesn't tell you that, like, that Invictus gaming team was, like, something special, then I don't know what will. Because, like, that that World Championship Invictus team, you want to talk about, like, a team that played full-court press every single game, no matter what, no matter what their matchups were, and made it work every single game, no matter what. Like, like, would Jackie love being on this team even fix their problems? I don't think it would. No, I mean, I don't. As I don't, good as he I, is, I don't think it fixes their problems. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it he doesn't have an off switch either. This team needs. Oh my god, what is it? This team needs like Kramer, or uh, or like honestly, you know, this, this team actually needs like Teddy, like someone that someone that is hardened by the fire of just being left out to sh- like die over and over again. <laughs> right. In all in all honesty, what I wonder is that is. Like, we've always said Invictus Game was a solo, solo lane-centric team, and we said the same thing about G2, and so kind of interesting to follow this. But what I wonder is, like, actually was it that these players were just so much better in the old meta because they got jungle ganks at level 2, level 4, level 6, and well, not aren't, aren't as good at organically creating those leads and, and converting it elsewhere? Well, it, and the that's thing what is, I it wonder. shouldn't be, like, if anything, they just made these jungle changes that should be helping them right now. They should be doing like look. But compared you see to what, when, you see when they were dominant, doing? though, do you see what Gen G's doing with Clid? Yeah, true. Clid just plays Volley Bear and says, "Fuck clearing, I'll be down two levels. I'm just going to get my soul lanes ahead, and they win. That's how they win games." Like right, he, but it's Clid like, is the new Carsa. Yeah, that is this true. This team needs a Carsa, and they, Zune, look, yeah. Zune is trying to, but like I, something's not clicking. I, I I can't even put a finger on it. They're getting it. Like the soul lanes are still getting ahead. Nani's been insane for a dude that's brand new <laughs> bottom lane's just running it down every single game like nothing stops your mom- 
that that stops dragon momentum. You can't swap top for a herald play. If your bottom lane's just running it down, you get no momentum for anything. And it doesn't matter how far ahead your soul lanes are. If 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 any given lane is running it down that hard, you're you're gonna have a hard time doing anything. It's it's just nuts. Just get some fucking damage control. Tell him to chill. Tell that bitch to be chill. <laughs> or be cool, be cool, that's what it is. Oh my god. Um FPX to sweep. <laughs> Invictus look like shit right now, which means they're going to 2-0 this, but that's fine. Um, Saturday in the LEC, we have Vitality, minus 370 against XL. Same thing. I, I just too rich. Maybe, yeah, the no, kill spread. Maybe the kill spread for Vitality. Um, Shulka, minus 161. Astralis, plus 120. Oh, my God. This is ugly. Is this, a, whole Astral- year, is, Astralis is this a close your eyes special on Astralis? Yeah, just... Yikes. <laughs> Man, I don't know if I want to bet this one. I kind of feel like Shulk is the better team, but minus 120 or plus 120 in, might not quite be enough. Game. Broken Blade's the best player yeah, in this Broken game. Yeah, Broken Blade. Right? Yeah, but then you have Kyrie and Zanzara. Zanzara, diff- Ooh, Zanzara is probably the second, yeah. Yeah, that's what's interesting is you have the, the two lopsided matchups, right? For the two best players. It's kind of yeah, good. I kind of feel like maybe I'm just going to pass this one too. SK Gaming plus two seventy eight against Fnatic minus four seventeen. Give me, I'll, no, thank I'll, you. I'll, I'll play Fnatic kill spread on this. one. This next one's exciting. I'll play Fnatic kill spread on this one because SK is garbage too. Uh, Misfits minus one hundred four. G two minus one twenty seven. I. That's a line nobody ever thought they were seeing. <laughs> I, I, right. Um, I'm I'm gonna bet Misfits. <laughs> like, I mean, look, G two could very well show me. Even if G, I'm gonna bet Misfits. Even if G two like. It's hard, it's going to be hard to gauge this weekend because if they just smash Excel, no one's going to be surprised at that. It's not going to do anything for me. I don't know if you can bet Misfits. Like you have to believe that Misfits wins over fifty percent of the time. I just I do. don't know if I think they win over fifty percent of the time against G two. Even if you think it's close, I don't know if they win over fifty percent. I think right now they do, but we'll see. I got to think about it more. My my gut my gut reaction would be to take Misfits on this one. Josh, what do you think on this? No chance. I'm betting Misfits. You G two truthin. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not even a G two truthing, but like, I just I, I mean, think I get it, I get it. I I, I, I think it's yeah, I think G two is the better team here. I, okay. Again, I think G two had a. I the more I think about it, I think G two had a rough week against two teams that are gonna finish the league top four. Yeah, and absolutely. Blaming them for that is is I think a little bit over overreactionary on my part. Yeah, I don't I know. Like three months ago, that. three months ago with the same rosters, this would have been minus four hundred plus three seventy five, and like things change, but. I don't know if they've changed enough to go from plus 375 to minus 104. All right. I guess we'll be heads up on this one. Um, Rogue minus 137. Another good one, actually. Another so, going to be interesting on Saturday. Uh, Rogue minus 137 against Mad Lions plus 104. So you, you figure Mad Lions better than they've been. I, I kind of think Rogue are probably better than they've been, too. But... Uh, this this feels pretty close to me, like pretty close to market. Yes, yeah, this feels about right. I like Rogue too. I like Rogue to split. Yeah. I kind of like what I'm seeing from them. I also split, like that. Like, d- it does it right. feel like they're they're like kind of yoloing a little bit? Like they're just trying stuff. Wait, 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 wait! What did John just say about a team that plays Callista and Draven every game? Can you run that back? I need a soundbite <laughs> here. I, what was they that? sell out for it though. Like they're not half-assing when they go early game champions. 
No, you're right. I just that's just never just been weird. anything it's just I've weird heard coming John out of John's mouth, like, right? Ever in my life. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I, you know, I, I'm bamboozled. I'm lost. Is- I think I'm on Rogue side here. I think I really like. What I like about Rogue is that they've been willing to try this new stuff. I really like the Fiddlesticks Nocturne thing that showed. I really wish more teams would try and lean into that right now. Yeah. I think that's that was insanely powerful, and I really like the way they executed on it. Um, right now, I think Rogue like has put up slightly things. better numbers. Yeah. I think Rogue's put up slightly better numbers for me and my model uh, on, on what's important right now. And, and to me, I think that that warrants a little bit more of a gap here. I think that they have um, an advantage at a few spots. I think this meta, I think Pykel... Um, I uh, was talking about it on Twitter, maybe about how the meta is kind of moving further away from what El Yoya is great at, um, and more towards what Inspired, who is a historically a great Olaf flair, is is good at, which is the ganking style and not just power farming AFK to level six and then showing up. So I think, uh, yeah, I'm probably on Rogue side here. I think this is pretty good odds. One thing I've really liked from Rogue this split is. I thought Odawamne was very good last split, but I think this split, he's felt more in sync to me. He's felt like really the same role that he had previously, where it's like when the big team fight breaks out, you just know he's going to come in from a sweet angle with a five-man cannon ult. Like, that was like the classic Odawamne, like, team fighting style. He's felt more in sync with Rogue this this season to me, Uh, even though he was still good last split, but I think he's felt more in sync this split. Agree there. I think the one thing I would still like to see from him is I, I wish more teams would take a page out of the old Fnatic book, and I wish Rogue specifically would do this. Is like get Odawamne topping or TPing down bot lane level four mm-hmm. and, and double killing and, and shoving that that Draven, Kalista, whoever even further ahead. Um, that's the one thing I think that we've missed from Odo. It feel, feels like he still like plays weak side until he's level six, and then he starts grouping with team. And like you said, he gets these great phenomenal flanks and things. But I'd love to see him try and get more involved in the early game. I think that could really push his team to the next level in terms of being able to explode these early games even harder. Yeah, they're, uh, like, numbers-wise, they're still, like, very... I mean, they're actually a little bit worse than they were in spring, like, overall. Like, obviously, they haven't won... They haven't been as dominant, like, in terms of wins, and we have a small sample size. But, like, just looking performance metrics, like, slight downtick. But I think... Actually, this is something we should probably talk about next week, but... Worldwide, there's actually been an overall decrease just because of the current metagame is less about economy and more about winning a fight. So people are selling like they're 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 willing to sacrifice economy. So I think gold per minute numbers are a little they're just lower across the board this season. So um, interesting. We could talk about that next week. I don't think we have time for it right now, but yeah, I don't. I make this right about right. Like my gut would tell me rogue just like because I think they look. I think they're just in better form right now, but. Um, I don't know. It's pretty close. Saturday, LCS, EG minus 185 against CLG plus 138. I'm doing it again. Am I really doing this? Am I really I'm doing EG's it again. Favorites, I'm man? with you. Yeah. I, if I get blown out by it, then so be it, right? Like, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, it's just EG. These teams are shitty. These kids shitty. They, they're beating shitty teams. They get, they get all three shit teams this week. Oh, they don't get Dignitas. That's the other one they're missing. We played them Sunday, so. EG 3-0 parlay, dude. <laughs> Someone did that two weeks ago or last week. I forget, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, EG could 3-0 this weekend for sure. EG uh, minus 185. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, Immortals plus 142 against TSM minus 192. I was considering Immortals against Cloud9. I would definitely consider them against TSM. Similar number. 
I feel similarly as well. Yeah, I'm a little bit annoyed that they have a worse number against TSM, who's been way better than C9 so far yeah, the split. That's a little bit weird. That's a little bit frustrating to me, but but yeah, I think both are bettable. For the record, when I said it's similar, I meant similar to how I felt about the Cloud9 game, which means I'm not going to bet Immortals for sure. Okay, that's fine. Liquid, minus 112, Cloud9, minus 118. Esports, slight favorite. I hope you like juice. I'm not betting this one. What kind of juice do you prefer? Apple juice, orange juice, cranberry juice? Uh, I kind of am in a holding pattern with these two teams, right? Like, I respect both of them enough to think that they're not going to fall off a cliff or anything, but, like, I have enough questions about both of them right now that I'm like, I don't really know. I'm just going to stay away from this one, I think. I think if you made it split plus 115s, I'd be happy taking either side. And it's split minus 115s, (laughs) I'm really not happy. Because I mean, plus EV. (laughs) No, I just mean, like, I would bet either side of this matchup if they were plus. If they were plus. If money, it was just plus. If it was just an actual coin flip, plus hundred on both sides. Plus one fifteen. Like if I was getting plus money, I would bet either side because I think this is really close to just a straight fifty fifty. Yeah, I'm gonna pass on this one. Uh, any strong feelings either way? Or are we all kind of on the same page there? I think I, I think I'm on C nine here. I think that TL is gonna catch minor minor CLG syndrome this week in that teams are going to start to be able to expose more effectively the Armeo champion pool That's true. Um, That's this week because I think he played some Sejuani last weekend and things like that. And, again, like, when when you get it on short notice, like, I think the Santorin yep. news came out on – we recorded Thursday, on Wednesday. I think it was. Yeah, yeah and I don't think it was out we, when we recorded, yeah. right, was it? No. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I think I think with a week to review and, that. And, and Blabber and like, Perk specifically too, which is yeah, specifically and. Yes. Well, and the other thing is, like, it's not just film from LCS. Armeo's been playing a ton of Academy. He played Academy tonight again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think teams are just going to get a, enough film on this guy, and we've seen him in the past kind of get a, get taken advantage of. And if there's any team that can take advantage of that, it, it's going to be Cloud9. So that's a, that's uh, a I'm on Cloud9 here. That's a reasonable case for Cloud9. I'm kind of leaning that way now, but I'm, I'm a little skeptical on this one. Yeah, I'm going to be with Josh here on OC9. It's another weekend with Sven, more time to reintroduce him to this roster. True. Again, it's not a Sven issue, as we already talked about, but certainly it doesn't hurt to have yeah. him reintegrate. Exactly. Um, Dignitas minus 169, Golden Guardians plus 123. What the fuck? That's <laughs> the Golden Guardian spot for me, I are think. We, are we spending Golden the Guardians. Guardians again? Yeah, I like this Guardians. spot much more than the CLG spot. I kind of like them both. Oh my god, what is wrong with me? I won't like them tomorrow. Golden Guardians 3-0 parlay? You know Golden Guardians have, can't have that and the right? EG parlay. I agree. Like, Stixay is actually on the roster. Like, it's not a meme or something that they did on Leaguepedia. Wait, like, no, Vince, here's that's the play. Golden uh, Guardians. Chris is on it. You bet Golden Guardians 3-0 and EG 3-0 so that when it comes to Sunday, you can't lose. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, the double bet? The double parlay, What? Are we the double breaking, hedge parlor? Are we breaking ground here? <laughs> this is some big brain stuff now. FlyQuest plus 312, 100 Thieves minus 476, 100 Thieves kill spread. Give me 100 Thieves kill spread, 100 Thieves alternate kill spread. Yeah. Uh, just 100 Thieves under, under game time. Yeah. yeah. Like, actually, honestly. 12, towers under un- 12 and a half. Like. Under, under game time is actually not a good bet in terms of relation to the kill spreads, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we'll figure that out when we get there. Right. Hundred Thieves smash. That's the point. Hundred Thieves take it to Poundtown. 
right, Careful, I need someone to give some better analysis, or else someone's going to come into the Discord oh, and be like, they just said FlyQuest was bad, and that's not good analysis. Oh my goodness. Whatever will we do? Nongshin, minus 145 against Hanwha, plus 119. All right. So Hanwha played tomorrow against DRX. God help us all. <laughs> uh, I wrote in I wrote in my breakdown of this, which was admittedly less thought about because I wrote it in like 20 minutes because I screwed it up. <laughs> but I need to get it done before this show. But if you think Chovy can 1v9 tomorrow, that's like where you bet Hanwha. In this series... Look, I think Nongshim are regression, like, regression candidates for sure, but holy shit, like, what? Like, this feels like a steal, right? I can't decide how I feel about this series, because this is one of those ones that's just tough, where, like, actually, I think Nongshim's a pretty good bet. I do, too. That's what. No, that's but, what I mean. Like, I'm going to bet I'm gonna bet Nongshim, but, like, if... And, you know, if no, Chovy no, no, I agree me, with you. Then... I agree with you. I think Nongshim feels like a pretty good bet. But it's one of those ones I have a hard time placing, because, you know, it's another it's, one of those things where in spring we were dealing with pretty close to the same two teams and Hanwa would have been minus 300 plus in this yeah. series. So it's tough sometimes, but I mean, Hanwa has just looked so bad it's, in summer so far. Their numbers are awful. It's like, so weird to me awful. because like they, if you look at how they played last season, you would think that this team is super well suited for this. Right. But I think maybe because everyone else just started playing that way, they didn't have that advantage of being, they don't have that advantage of being different anymore. Right. Like, before, they were, like, scissors to everyone's paper, right? And they had their issues. They were high variance. Like, sometimes they would get a little overzealous and beat themselves. But, like, they 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 needed kills to get games going. Their agnostic economy was trash. They were, like, ninth place, right? So they needed early action to get the ball rolling. They were just very consistent at doing that, right? Now I think everyone's doing that, and they're not unique anymore. So unless Chovy can 1v9 the series... Like, I... <laughs> And he can do that. It's Chovy. But man, oh man, like... But can depressed Chovy do it? Because I, that's who we've got he, on our team this he, lo- he looks like rookie like last season. <laughs> A little bit, right? He's like, Jesus Christ, give me can some fucking that help. boy Chovy do it? Um, he can. And he, Chovy can do a lot of crazy things. He's, he's nuts, but... What if he's just, like, bad and sad and depressed this split and then just never as good again? What if I, that, I that would be a tragedy, and it would be just, like transfers to DRX next split. That would like be a tragedy because it would be a perfect case of when taking the money went wrong. <laughs> true, true. Right? Uh, Nongshim money line and spread. And I, uh, I, I, what's up? I would just like to point out that he did not take the money comparatively. Oh yeah, I don't actually. Yeah, that's true. I guess. I, what if I, he's just in NA next split? No, I, I I know for a fact that EG offered him a lot more money than he's making currently to play for them. Oh, that would have been so sweet. EG Chovy would have been sweet. Well, he might have just been sad boy Chovy here too, though. You know what I mean? It would have been sweet, but he might have just been sad boy Chovy and be like, Psh, you know, all these peasants in this Chovy region. Chovy playing with Spence Garen. You just be like all these peasants in this region. He's like, he, you know what he would be like? He'd be like Rick James in the Chappelle Show sketch. He'd be like, "This bores me." <laughs> no, no, was it? No, that was Prince. That was the Prince sketch. He's like, "This bores me." Would anybody like to play a game of basketball? <laughs> uh, no, it's money line. Pound Town. Gen G minus one fifty six against Damwon plus one twenty eight. Wow. Uh, all right. So Gen G have been very, very Damwon gaming time. This is this is this is the damn one spot, right? 
Like, no numbers are going to tell you this is the Damwon spot, but, like, I, I, I kind of feel like... In, I, look, if Damwon looked like shit on Friday, then maybe this is, an e, like, a Gen G spot, but they're going to be, like, minus 250 if that happens. So, like... I've also been saying, like, Gen G haven't been, like, immaculate. They're doing They're doing a lot of the fundamental, like, really basic stuff just super consistently every game, but, like, they do get a little overconfident and kind of overdive a lot of the time. So Yeah, like, we talked about it, but that loss to Brion this morning was not flattering. Like, no. they, they were in a spot where they easily should have won, and they kind of threw it away. Yeah. So, so like, they're, they're going to do that from time to time, but, like, in general, like, they're, they're going to be playing from ahead in so many games that it's it's tough to... The thing is, Dan One's early game has been kind of shit, so, like... It's gonna be damn one. I'm I'm gonna be on damn one here, and it's just, it's pure it's pure art over science. Like I so I just think unless they they look actually like a trash can on Friday, like if there is an actual trash can in in LCK Park and it's on fire, then you know maybe I'll avoid them. But and I'll know that in series. Like if I, if they if they get stomped in game one, and they're losing game two. I'm hammering Genji in this spot. And if you know they come back on me, then so be it. But I'm Gen G unless I see a damn one pull out the. Uh, is this the early game or the second game? This is the second game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm. I'll be going into the slate on Gen G here. Here's the weird thing about this though: is like Gen G is such a bad record against damn one, but this is also like not the same damn one team necessarily. So I just, really I mean, weird. and I, I, you guys know more than than most that like I'm not a huge Gen G fan. I just, again, I'm skeptical of this damn one roster's ceiling. And I think against these really top of the table teams, like I just don't, I don't think Canyon against BDD and Lane is a is a favorable matchup for Damwon. BDD's been, and I also and likewise don't think Ruler versus Showmaker is favorable for Showmaker. I just I struggle to believe that that's truly an advantage. Ruler did the and Ruler thing the, again this morning. <laughs> um, oh, and especially against Genji, you touched on it earlier, but like the way Clid's been playing his early games, like any any mistake you make in Lane that. Especially in these lanes you're not familiar with. I mean, if, if any team right now in the world is going to punish that, it's going to be Clid on on yeah. Volley Bear just coming through and pressing Q and coming and flash shutting you Dude. and getting a, a kill. You know what I mean? So, it's, yeah, I, I that's like, where I'm at right now. I like that Gen G. <laughs> Gen G just take the low hanging fruit, and I love it. Like they don't they, they 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 are like the least cute team ever. Like they're just like. No, that's a free kill. I'll just take it. Like they're they're not they're not trying to big brain anything. They're just like, no, it's right there. I'll take it. Like, and they do it in drafts too. They're like, hey, let's just pick really easy to execute shit and run people over. I just have this thing with this Gen G team where I just feel like they're just always going to be second or third. Yeah, I know. And these Me other too. teams are always just going to end up better than them, even if they like run, if they could rattle off like seventeen wins in a row in the regular season and in the playoffs. The like, nah, they're losing like the semifinals yeah. or maybe the finals for sure. And like, I just feel like these other teams' ceilings are are higher than Gen G's, even though Gen G is like pretty solid and consistent and right there. I just feel like if T one or Dam one or somebody like that gets like hit ceiling performances, they're just going to be Gen G every time. Here, here's and so maybe they don't hit ceiling, but I kind of like Dam one. I that was my first thought on this. I was like, all right, Gen G, Gen G, you're due for a loss, also, right? But like, that's another thing kicking into this. But at the same time, like. What's been really interesting about this season? So BDD is is has always been good. I don't know why he's playing really really well right now, even for him. But um, the worst players on this team, like Life, is probably the worst player on this team, and he's playing the best he's ever played right now. 
Like, I think legitimately he's having a career year. Like, this is maybe the best single season he's ever had so far. He's been playing for a long time, keep in mind. So, uh, when your worst player is playing out of his goddamn mind, that's always like, okay, uh, you're probably going to be pretty good at that point. So I could I, definitely see taking so, Genji here. Yeah, like, at one point, like, one part of my brain is just like, like, d- d- don't get in the way of this train right now. Wait till playoffs, right? But the other end is like, okay, like they're they're just playing really really well right now, and damn one or just a little hit or miss. So interesting. Um, definitely gonna. That's a weird one. Uh, V five in the LPL. We have plus four seventy seven. BLG minus eight thirty three. V five are dog shit. Great is the worst team in the league. I've seen. Yeah, they're just that's awful. Next to nothing like. They're back to victory, maybe they're vi- maybe five victories. This team's like uh, like Hanwha level bad in stats. This team is no. This team, you know what this team is like. This team is like spring twenty twenty victory five. <laughs> uh, at, like actually, they're they're terrible. But what do you expect to happen? You have four new guys. You got rid of no. You have five new guys. You got rid of four of your best the four players that are pretty good. That the coaching staff was just not. I, I think this was 100% a coaching staff issue, and management was just like, no, you're all gone. And I think that was a huge mistake. Because I think they let go of some, like, look, I'm not saying any of these guys are superstars, but, like, the other guy, the guys that let go are quality players. Like, they're middle-of-the-table LPL players, right? That That's, like, good. It turns out they don't grow on trees, by the way. So you maybe you shouldn't just get rid of them all. But I don't know, that, it, see, it still smells like something was happening behind the scenes. BLG looks solid and plucky. Yeah, and the and V three five looks terrible. I kind of like the BLG minus one and a half. Yeah, BLG BLG sweep. Uh, v five with the just mm-hmm. just nugget V five with the worst gold per minute amongst among the four major regions. Actually, the only yeah. only team in the world right now in those regions that's below sixteen hundred gold per minute. That's... Um, really tough to say anything positive about them when that when there's a stat like that. Yeah, really. Uh, they're they are. <laughs> I have their kill agnostic gold differential per minute at minus one ninety four. That's without kills, so they're oh, they're, wow. they're they're just wow. getting completely smoked across the board. It's terrible. Oh, let's do let's let's compare this to FlyQuest real quick. FlyQuest are minus one twenty four, just for the record. <laughs> so, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. So just eight, ten minutes, you're saying they're going to be down two k two k gold yeah. with no kills. Yeah. If you go zero zero in the first ten minutes of game, yeah, on average, <laughs> well not. It's not the first 10, but yeah, you know. It I mean. turns out when you get rid of LPL caliber players, you're not playing LPL caliber players. It's rocket science, y'all. Um, top esports plus 146, EDG minus 196. This one is interesting. I'm going to be on top here. And hear me out. It's not because of this morning or anything. I think it. I think this is the culmination of like... EDG are going to drop something at some point, right? I hate this narrative. I really, I really fucking can't stand when people be like, oh, another due for a loss, right? I can't stand that because there's, like, no truth to it. But, like, I think Top are good enough to win this series. I think we're going to butt heads again. I think I'm just going to bet EDG. You might be right. Like, I'm, I'm just not, not a gonna... fan of, uh, I'm not a fan of what, what I've seen from Top or RNG or a lot of these, like, They played their best series this morning, I think. Topped it. Yeah, I do think they played their they played their best series, and I think Knight looked the best that he's two, looked so far, which wins. is their Knight is their one clear advantage in the matchup against EDG. I think so. 
they're they're going to need him. It's also tough to even say that right now because Scout's just been like, you know, on another level. He's playing out of his mind right now. But oh my god, I'm I'm happy for the just... redemption arc. By the way, the thing the thing with me that gets me about EEG in in relation to Top specifically is like. Top tries to do the things with Jackie Love that EDG does with Viper. Yeah, that's true. If that makes sense. Like, EDG successfully does what Top tries to do in terms of enabling Jackie Love. Uh, and to me, that I think the bot lane is actually going to be the biggest differential, I think, here. And Viper, I mean, holy crap, how good is this guy? Yeah. I mean, to John's point, Knight's been a freak, absolute monster. Uh, his Silas play specifically has just been insane. The, the, the two pop-off games he's had on that have been next level. Um, I think Ching Tian is, is still growing. I think he's playing fine. He had a good series but, this morning. Yeah, but but he's still growing. And and uh, Flandria, I think, is the type of player that can you know find yeah. some weaknesses and take advantage of him. Just a seasoned veteran. But yeah, I think I mean again, I think EDG is just better across the rift right now. I think the only comparable spot right now is mid lane. And even then, it's not like Scout's been bad. It's, they're I mean maybe you you could even say they're two three right now because I think Joinbee is clearly number one. But you could say Knight and Scout are two and three in, in in the region. So even there, it's tough to say. Like I, I just, it's tough for me to find it. But I definitely think this number is kind of big. minus one ninety six is not, you know, that's that's pretty big for teams that we think are right next to each other. Yeah. I guess John, what do you think? So you're you said EDG. Do you have EDG like two or one and and top like five or? What, I think if you look at like top's body of work so far this split, I think they're like. The six through eight best teams so far. Really, I, that summer. makes sense. Then. Strictly based on what they've done this summer, yeah, I'm with you. Like, it's partially eye test though because their stats are pretty good. Like their stats are not uh, are not bad. When they were zero and two, they still had like an eighteen something gold per minute, which is yeah. like normally very good. So it, it's they, not like they've been awful or anything. And I they've had a couple. They, they've had a couple weird throws that like mm-hmm. they like they've had at least two games they they 100% should have won like the one against rare adam game 3 they should have won and then there was another one i can't remember off the top of my head where like they kind of th- i don't remember what it was but there was I think King, King Tian adds a lot of variance for me too because that guy when i've been watching him he's made some outstanding plays that play last night where he won v2 twice in a row and then got a double kill the second time was insane yeah. but he's also had some lanes where he like hard lost he looks like he like looks like a skilled rookie used. Right, like yeah, he, he looks like a kid, looks like a kid with he mad chops and just is still learning things. He literally, he's the shy. He literally did it in game one on yep. Lee Sin against Renekton. He was down like two levels, and their team got ran over by the Renekton because he just got his he got destroyed in the lane. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, and then like you said, he came back. That is a hard match. Was that game for what it's worth? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but but like you said, it came back was a game two or three where he had the massive outplays. So yeah, I think, I think it's maybe, just tough like, to trust. His added variance to the fact that Jackie Love is also a very high variance player, like might make this team more beatable in general than than they have been in the past. It's yeah. just hard to know if they're going to flip heads, right? That's the that's what makes it tough because a team like EDG would seem to be the type of team that would struggle with variance introduced. Yes, I agree. Like EDG, and so that's what makes this specific matchup very tough to handicap. Yeah. It's it's so funny to me because like I mean this goes into a whole different conversation, but like. EDG are playing like Korean League of Legends, and they're just shit stomping the LPL with it. Now it helps that their players are all just insanely good. I think that's a big part of it. But like, they're just playing like make the fifty five percent decision over and over and over and over and over again. And this league, 
historically does not fare well against teams that are able to do that at a reasonably high level because people are just flipping coins at all times and taking plays and trying to outplay it. EDG, I'm kind of talking myself into EDG here, but like I also think that like top are better than what we've seen. Do you guys feel the same way? Like, do, like top are probably better than what we've seen so far, right? Yeah, probably, but I, I think that the, that they're going to lose more often to bad teams than they did in the past. Yeah, that I agree with. I think before I would have pointed to like okay, like in springtime I would have said like okay, top's an early game team. EDG tend to lose pretty bad in the early game. Like top could just snowball a game or two, and I would I would prefer top in that kind of situation. But top haven't been completely steamrolling early games. When they do, they win. Like I think they have a hundred percent quality win rate. And in, in, on when I do that kind of thing, but like, yeah, they do. They have a hundred percent quality win rate, but like, they're they're also down at ten. They're negative at ten minutes, so it's like, I, I don't know. It's weird. Um, that's kind of a tough one. I'm gonna have to think some more on that one. Sooning plus one fifteen, RNG minus one fifty four. Uh, this is a smash RNG for me. This is interesting because. I, I kind of think that I kind of think these teams are even right now. Like right now, I I'm with you. Like RNG are going to be there. Like I'm not. I have no doubt about that. But my thing is like in spring, this would have been a smash RNG, and then RNG got worse, and Sunning got worse. I don't think so. That, that's like how I view it. Sunning are like basically. I have the not same. been impressed with Sunning. I've been smashing against Sunning all all year. I don't think they've looked that good at all. Yeah. I think they've fallen off about as much as I think RNG has fallen off. So, for me, it's like a rematch from spring, but both teams are three ranks lower than they were in spring. That's not that unreasonable. I, this is kind of like I, I don't know. I, my my initial instinct was the same thing, John. Like this is this is as cheap as you're going to get RNG the rest of the season because they're just going to start winning a bunch. But like. I'd much rather refer this against a team like Billy Billy or, or Invictus or something. But I, I think Sunning's having just as bad of a season as Invictus compared to what is expected of them. Like they're they've been better than Invictus, but we expected more from Sunning than Invictus. I didn't, but that's just me. I thought Invictus would be better, but haha. Sucks for you, right? For me. <laughs> um I'm just gonna take a quick peek at who Sunning have played. Because they're seven and eight. Yeah, as I say, strength schedule could be a factor here. I don't think I have this morning's games in my model, but I do have RNG prior to this morning's games having a higher gold per minute than Sunning, uh, as well as a higher Drake percentage. And that was RNG through ten games, Sunning through fifteen. Yeah. Um, so things are a little bit more normalized for Sunning than RNG, but given that, I think it's fair enough. Uh, the big one I think actually is damage per minute. RNG, you're sitting about almost. 500 more damage per minute. Yeah, but they've, they've they're Sunning. always a high damage team, and Sunning are always a low right. damage team. Like, if you look at yeah, last just, season, that's because they play a lot of split push kind of shit. So. I think the only issue with that now is that uh, in this meta, I think it is, and the numbers actually haven't shown out to this, but like just and like like thinking about it myself, um, damage it would seem like in this meta, damage should be yeah. a little bit more more prevalent just based on the melee versus melee. You're going to mm-hmm. be scrapping a lot more in lane and things like that. But, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, this is tough. Um, but I think I'm also with John. I think I lean RNG here slightly. What's What's weird to me is that like you would think this is bad for Sooning, like this kind of meta game. Like it's good for Angel, but for the rest of the team, I'm a little sketched on. I guess been on Gwen kind of situation is interesting, but like 
what I actually think is if the split pushing thing becomes real, I am not 100% bought in on this yet. I, I'm They put an item in. They're trying to force it. I don't know if it's actually going to be a thing. I think ultimately like the objectives are just too important. But we'll see. Maybe it'll be too good. If that's the case, Sooning are crazy good at that kind of thing. So I think I mean, the on the next patch, okay. I think on the next patch, Sooning are going to be an interesting prospect. If in fact it's as prevalent as we think it's going to be, but I'm kind of waiting to see. And also, this isn't going to be on that patch, so just worth noting. Go ahead, though, John. I was just going to say that. I mean, the best team Sooning's beaten is BLG. They lost to Invictus. They lost to LGD. Yeah. They lost to WE. I feel like they're losing to all the other teams that they've, are around. They've that only area really had they've only really had one like easy matchup, though. Like I guess you could count Invictus, maybe. Yeah, they've only had like one. Well, they lost to Invictus. Yeah, but they've only had like one like bigger right actual easy matchup yeah, in Ultra like Prime. Ultra Prime. But yeah, I don't know. But they also haven't faced the top of the table teams, right? They haven't faced no. the, the FBX, the EDG, the, no. you know. So. Yeah, I mean, it is a little bit concerning to see them go. I think John just had one and three in those game in those matches against teams that we expect to finish near them. I mean, that we expect them to actually finish above all almost all of those. I would think. Yeah. Top esports, FPX, and LNG are three of are three of RNG's losses. Like that's those are like three of the top five teams in the league, probably. Yeah. So, and even if you don't think LNG finished there right now, they're just playing out of their mind. So you almost can't fault people for that, you know. Um. This is intrigued. Yeah, I don't know. For me, I, it's smash I, RNG. I kind of want to see where this goes. Like my gut tells me, people are going to smash RNG. But if it get if it gets to a high enough, like if it if this gets pushed up to like you know sooning plus one forty or something, then I'm probably thinking about it more. But as it is, I, I'm probably not nothing on this one. Seems about right to me. Golden Guardians. We go from those teams to Golden Guardians, plus 172 against EG, minus 238. Golden Guardians would win this match. But I'm, I'm going to bet EG again. I'm going back to the Yeah, I think so. It. I agree. We've, I've, got, I've gone completely full circle, and I'm backing EG as big favorites three games in a row. So help Yep, me. I like it. So help me, I suppose. 100 Thieves, minus 345. CLG, plus 241. 100 Thieves, every which way possible. That's that's where you're wrong. This I'm not gonna bet the money line. Sure. This is the CLG bet of the weekend. Oh my god, dude! Real? Yeah, this is the CLG bet of the weekend. Remember, they perfect gained them last time. Oh my god! Again, it was like the first game of the what are they calling the bongo comp? I, I think that was the first time that they did it on stage. Yeah, you think they're gonna fall for this? Like, d- d- no, no, I don't think that beats them. But I, I, I think CLG. I think it's a good CLG spot. Unironically, like. Uh, 100 Thieves is very clearly the best team in the league, don't get me wrong. Right now they're playing like the best team in the league. I just think that this is the type of spot where I want to bet a CLG. There are teams that's shown they're not willing, they're They're okay with willing to cheat. And and I think that 100 Thieves has shown, like even in their wins, they've shown a couple of cracks that are able to take advantage of. And and I think plus 241 is good enough for me to to bite on that. I guess I can see that. I'm not going to be on it, but I can see it. Cloud9, minus 149, TSM plus 112. Gotta be TSM, doesn't it? Dude, I don't know. Like, TSM are like this enigma because, like, I think they're better than they've performed so far, but they've also gotten wins that they shouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
Like, I think they're due for positive regression, which sounds weird because they've won games that they shouldn't have won. Like, just strictly looking at, like, performance metrics and everything, like, I think this team can be better than this. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. what do you think, Josh? They just went ugly, right? They have the second, uh, they have the second lowest gold per minute in wins in the LCS this, yeah, this they year. Just, and yet they're, like, number two overall or something in the standings. You know what I like about TSM is that, like, they don't, right now, it's less about that kind of thing and more about, like, just win the fight that matters. And they've lost a couple of those, but they've also pulled a couple of them out of thin air. Like, I do think they're fighting better than almost everyone right now, like, just actual team fighting. They know who they are. They're not pretending to be something they're not. I think they're, they're, they are totally cool with just not smashing anyone. They don't give a shit about that. They're just going to nickel and dime over and over and over and over again and win the fight that matters. I think that can get you in trouble long term. But right I hate now, to I, I hate to ever say anything that remotely sounds like Kevin is correct. You know, that's like the last thing I would ever want to say, but I do think TSM is due for some massive regression. Just looking at their numbers and wins, they're below league average yeah, in almost like, every single category in wins. The thing um, that's what I mean, that like they're getting some fluky wins. You see what I'm saying though? Like I actually think they're probably better than their numbers but not better than their win total, which is really, really right, weird. Right, I get like, what you're saying, yeah. It's weird. They're, like, kind of – I don't know. It's But to me, it's like at some point, you know, the, the number – regression has to hit at some point. You yeah. Think, at least. Sorry, C9 truthers. I'm telling you, that's – everyone's been sleeping on my boys. You're, you're all sleeping. And then EG – But Impact's yeah. going to come back so, with a vengeance and just put the smackdown and then, on him. And then EG's going to get 3-0'd by, like, TSM in the next round. Absolutely, but I'll and be we're here not, for And it. we're not going to know what, what the hell like, to do with ourselves. When I had, like, G2 Futures and Team Liquid Futures and stuff, I was just, like, not stressing the whole playoffs. Like, I remember in the in the Team Liquid final when I had them, uh, they were in the finals. Were they on 2-0? I think they were down 2-0 in the finals. And I just, like – was not stressing. A friend of mine made a bet on my recommendation. He put a futures in on them as well, and he was messaging me like, "Oh my god, do, do I need to hedge out here?" Like, I was like, "Don't even worry about it, dude. Team Liquid's gonna win." Like, and I definitely don't have that feeling with this hundred thieves. Like, I definitely feel like in the playoffs they're gonna they're gonna choke, even though I think they're the best team in the league. So it's please don't funny. choke. I have a, a, a lot of money on these guys. Let's it's not do it. Too funny. Oh my goodness. Uh, FlyQuest plus two forty two against Liquid minus three forty five. I would normally say, like, this is a slam dunk liquid spot just on player quality alone, but, like, there's a chance that some of this stuff kind of does have its effect. Can't bet minus 345 best of one, man. No, Sounds like Vince won't say it, so I'll say it. This is a slam dunk liquid spot based on player quality alone. Thank you. Come again. Okay. Reasonable. I, I hate betting liquid kill spreads because they, they, they win a lot of games, like, 11 to 4. <laughs> Oh yeah. So. I'll also say for anyone that's that might be the slightest bit confused, I did play FlyQuest in cash twice last week, so I may or may not still be tilted that they lost every game. Ah. Little, I little, little rage that fading. Guardian flight. Oh, you sons of Little bitches. little rage fading. That's At least of... they got there, John. At least they had like 18 kills, so they still got there for me. Rage fading has got to be. Yeah, the name they of had the, the right players in the roster. <laughs> rage fading is the name of the episode. It's been decided. Um. Last game of the week, Dignitas plus one twenty four against Immortals minus one sixty seven. Immortals slam dunk for me. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, again, yeah, again, it, it, the books for some reason hate or like love Dignitas on Sundays because last week we got yeah. EG at like minus one thirty against Dignitas on Sunday. 
Uh, yeah, give me all of that, Immortals. I mean, Jesus. It'd be so funny if it got revealed that the sports books have, like, narrative algorithms in there. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Dignitas on Sunday, like, OP. Mark them up. It's uh, Ben Roethlisberger on the road splits. (laughs) Um, Pick of the week. We had a clean sweep last week. Uh, Yes. I had top minus one and a half against LGD for minus one of weight. John, you, they, you hit 31 when you got there. By a mile. Uh, G2, Fnatic over 30.5 kills at minus 107. Chris hit Sandbox over KT Rolster plus 122. I liked that. I was with him on that one. Josh, you had EG minus 137 against Dig, which looks comically good now, right? And uh, listener pick of the week was eSports compliments of eSports Moose. He had Immortals minus 190 against Golden Guardians, and that hit as well. So a full, clean sweep. I'm going to one, do one more double check to see if there's any pick of the weeks, but go ahead. While Vince rolls, John, uh, give a tangent maybe quickly on the uh, EG jungle situation. And do you think they'll go back to that? Or what, what were your kind of takeaways and, and thoughts on that? It's kind of interesting. This is funny. Uh, another example of the like new brain syndrome, because I talked to Wilson about this match as well. And Wilson's like, I don't understand how they can ever replace this contracts guy. This contracts guy is a fucking superstar. I was like, I don't know. He was pretty good at that game, but like, we have uh, we have seen contracts before, and he was like, "Oh, really? You, he's not like pure rookie." I was like, "Yeah, he was. He was never that exciting in the past." Uh, well, it was last I, time he did the same thing, right? With hundred thieves, he kind of burst onto the scene and then was quiet. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to end up playing Spence Garen, and I think it's just going to be Spence Garen for the rest of this split. I the one thing I did say to Wilson though is, if they were. If they were taking everything else out of the equation, I think they would get rid of Spence Garen at the end of this split. But I, I said to him, I think they might not because he's kind of their guy. Like when they first came back to the LCS, he was like the first big guy that they signed. His face was on everything. He almost kind of feels like the EG guy. And so it's possible that they just stick him around for a while, you know, a show of loyalty, give him a, give him a bunch of shots. I wouldn't be that surprised. I think if they were making that decision – like purely based on trying to get some wins right now with nothing else involved, I think maybe you could get rid of him, but I think they're going to stick with him. Right. And for the record, I don't think it's a huge gap. Like if they put contracts in, I'm not like, oh shit, give me betting on EG contracts is going to smash them. Like I don't think it's that big of a gap, even though I hate Spence Karen. All right. Uh, Chris is taking Mad Lions plus 104 against Rogue. That's going to be his pick of the week. The listener pick of the week is going to be compliments of at freerolls underscore DFS. He likes 100 Thieves minus 150 against Team Liquid. It actually, what was it on our end here? Yeah, you must have a different book than you're using. No, that's fine. Uh, it's close enough. I was just checking to see if it was a better number. I would have given him the better number, but that's good. Um, thank you to all. I'll read the other ones just because we had a couple. Um, uh, at Emmerich D4U. Likes Rare Adam plus 120 against LNG. I'm probably going to be on that as well. Uh, Esports Moose, who hit last week uh, at Esports underscore Moose. He has Dignitas minus 135 against Golden Guardians. That's danger zone, bro. Danger zone. But okay. Uh, Josh, what about you? Ooh. I'm going with the parlay. Two legs here. Parlay, too. Yeah, I'm not going as crazy as John. He's got me with an extra leg, but I'm going KT minus 144 versus Fred uh, versus Fred Bree, Fred Brion, Fred Brion. Golly, I don't know, my tongue's tied there. <laughs> Plus a, 
Uh, and that was on a Friday, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So that's that's Friday morning game, and then I'm parlaying now. It's a long parlay. Sunday evening we get Immortals minus one sixty seven versus Dig. Uh, comes out to a total of plus one seventy four for a two leg parlay, and I think there's uh, I, I have both of those teams as as better than those numbers personally. So I would probably make Immortals probably around minus one ninety, and and I think I have KT at probably minus around minus one sixty minus one seventy range. So. Take that parlay, dude. This is a fat, fat week with a lot of options. What are you, what are you taking, John? It's a triple Friday LCS parlay for me, boys. We're taking EG minus two seventeen against FlyQuest, C nine minus two hundred four against Immortals, and CLG minus two hundred four against Golden Guardians. Three leg parlay for plus two twenty four, all on Friday afternoon in the LCS. I like it. Go, Josh. I was saying for the listeners, you know, don't let John drag, drag you to the bottom of the lake. After the first two legs win, just go ahead and hit that cash out button and then bet it all. <laughs> bet, the, bet half the winnings on the Golden Guardians money line as they beat CLG for the fucking game. I'm just kidding. Oh I'm just kidding shit. <laughs> um, dude, I don't know what to pick here. There's so many things I like. Do I pick the thing that's going to – do I think? Do I pick the highest CV or do I think the play that's going to – that's like the most sure to win. Honestly, we've struggled out of the gates here this year, so I think I think pick the highest EV that you think is on the board there, personally. As long as it's not over minus 200. I think, like, the EV play here is actually a freak over T1. I think the most likely to succeed is WE 2-0 over OMG. So... Which I also think is actually a pretty good plus EV play. Yeah, I'll go with that. We'll go. We'll go. God, this team is so dumb sometimes. But I think Team WE minus one point five against OMG at plus one sixteen is going to be mine. Reasonable. There's a lot of options this week, though. I like both misfit spots this weekend. I like. Uh, like I like an evil genius's parlay. I like. Uh, JDG to sweep Ultra Prime at minus 189, Afrika money line, Sandbox minus one and a half and money line, Damwon to sweep Nongshim on Friday. I like all these. A lot of tough. It's It was tough to narrow yeah. it down. Yeah. I think that's why, of, I mean, it's not often, honestly, I mean, that you'll see, especially John, pull out a parlay for a pick of the week. So that should give you an uh, idea that there's a lot of value on the board this week. Yeah, I almost feel like I should be parlaying right now because there's so many spots. You know what? Let's do that. I'll do. I'll. I'll combo this. We'll do. We'll do a damn one. Yeah, we'll do damn one to two zero Nongshim on Friday with this, and I'll do the math on it and figure it out later. It's probably going to be like plus two fifty or something like that, or plus three hundred, and that's what we'll call it. But yeah, I, honestly, like a lot of plays, a lot of options this week. Uh, for sure. Rare Adam, uh, uh, Emmerich recommended Rare Adam. I think that's a good play, too. Fun Plus to sweep. Oh, Fun Plus to sweep Invictus seems like nails, too. A lot of great options this week, so. Alright. That's going to be it for this week. Super long show, but uh, I think we touched on a lot of interesting topics. There's been a lot of, like, shifting play tectonics in this in the scene right now. I think a couple of these leagues got a lot of moving parts, and I think the LEC's been weird, like, what's going on with G2? I think the LPL, you've got these these random spike. You got LNG playing out of their mind right now. Uh, EDG looking like the best team in the world at the moment. It's you got a lot of stuff going on. So 
And the LCK has actually been – we wanted this, right? With the LCK, we wanted the LCK to be interesting in the middle of the table, and it's been actually super interesting. And I think everyone's kind of leveled up, which has been fun. So a lot of, a lot of cool stuff going on around the world. We're hitting the midseason now. Uh, we're going to get on out of here for tonight. We've kept you guys long enough. Everybody have a wonderful night, and we will see you all next week. See you later, everybody. The Gold Card Podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.